What's up, everybody? It's Thursday, April 9th, 2014, and you're listening to the Talking Games Podcast. I am your host, Steve Say, and I'm here with Justin Townsend. Hello. And Mr. Rob Newmeyer. Good evening. Indeed. Mm. Mirrors. How you doing, Justin? I'm fantastic. Are you now? Yes, I'm very happy. Just Justin the psychic? Yes. <laughs> and why are you psychic? Um. Well... A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, things that we'd really like to see come to the new consoles, and apparently the guys at Naughty Dog were listening to me because... Everybody the... listens to the show. Well, of you course. Know, you didn't know that? I mean, they should. Everybody. Well, everyone does now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Last of Us remastered, coming to PS4 in the summer. This is terrific news for everybody. Okay, now let me ask you. You're excited about this... Is it going to be more? Is it going to be the collector's edition? You think? I think it, it's uh, it's rumored to have. They haven't really announced anything official yet. This was leaked. Uh, our good friend Hugh sent this to me. I'll say like two weeks ago, it was leaked, and I guess Sony had to probably announce this a little sooner than they wanted. But most likely, what it's going to be is it's going to be a remaster of the game, right? Uh, and that it will probably include uh, the DLC mm-hmm. uh, that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Did you play through that? Yes. Was it good? It, it, you know, when I heard that it was going to be a prequel, I, I immediately kind of, I don't really care about prequels very much. Yeah. I, like, I want to know what happens after the story, not really before it, because you already know what comes after it, right. if that makes any sense. Uh, but what they did was they actually found a way to tie it into the game. Um, the prequel takes place, uh, it's, it's technically, it, it's, it's a strange thing. It, 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 was, it was a prequel. And it was actually in the middle of The Last of Us. You kind of jumped timelines. And mm. the way that they tied it all in made me want to actually replay the game with the knowledge that you take from it. Word. So now I'm really excited to be able to go back, play that. I don't know if it'll be standalone like it is now or are they going to incorporate it into the game. I hope they leave it the way it is because I thought The Last of Us is, the Last of Us story was perfect the way it was. And to have this on the side would be nice. I, yeah. well, I think all the multiplayer DLC is going to be in there as well. I never tried the multiplayer, but... I heard yeah. it was really good, so it just gives me another excuse to jump in and play that game. So, are you you're totally prepared to pay like another? Do you think it's going to be sixty five bucks, or is it going to be gonna one be, of those forty dollars? No, it's going to be sixty bucks. It is. And if you did not play this game on your PS3, uh, and if you didn't have a PS3, if you're new to the PS4, this is a glorious day for you because hmm. this was two. It was two uh, two hundred different places game of the year, and it was wow. for a reason. Wow, I didn't know that. It's I only played the first maybe four hours yeah, of it, and I think Marvel Heroes came out and tore me away, and that yeah, was that. I think that's exactly what came right? out. Right? Because yeah. that's always the way. Yeah. I'm always I'm always partway through something, something else comes out, and I get, you know, I jump ship. I, uh, I was really excited for when that game came out, and I sat down and played it, and it was one of those games I actually had to tear myself away from playing because I wanted it to last longer. And I like I mentioned this on our first podcast. Like immediately after that game was over, I went back and replayed it again on the hardest difficulty. Hmm. It if you have not played The Last of Us, please do yourself a favor if you have a PS3 and a PS4 this summer, and please play that game. So, do you think that since I I have it on the PS3, I, I didn't trade it and I kept it. I, a I obviously need to play it, and B do I need to buy the HD version even though I have the original? We well, think of it this way. Say you beat it, right? Yeah. You're gonna wanna um, 
you're going to want to play that DLC, and that DLC is 15 bucks as it is right now anyway, so that drops the $60 price to 45 If you were to trade in your version of The Last of Us or sell it or whatever, I I would... I'd, I'd have to say, I'd have to recommend going up. It's a beautiful game. It is the PlayStation 3's most beautiful game. I can't imagine what this is going to look like on 4. They're aiming right. for 60 frames a second. It's going to look mm. magnificent. See, my concern is this. The the Last of Us was one of the, the you know, tail end. I mean, they're still making games for the PS3, but as far as the ushering in the new generation of systems, this was one of the last games, last big games to come out. Yeah, Is it going to look that much different? than it does on the ps3 because it looks gorgeous on the ps3 is it going to be that much of a jump like what's your your prediction on that well if you look at the last of us and you look at something like infamous Mm -hmm. you can see the difference in that yeah so if they're able to take the last of us and you know use if they're using a new engine and they're putting uh putting that engine or even the engine that they used and finding a way to make that work with the ps4's architecture Mm -hmm. i i can't imagine what it's going to look like, but I would have to assume that it, it's going to be a big jump. Nice. Do they have a like a release date or a window or Summer. anything? Summer. Yeah. Summer that's, blockbuster. That's all, yeah, that's all naughty, they said. Naughty dog. Summertime. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. Uh, Last of Us coming to the PS4. Pretty cool for people that uh, haven't played it on the PS3, or maybe you don't have a PS3 and you bought a PS4. Then, like I said, this is this is good news all around. Right. Um, all right, so for those listening, give you a little rundown as to what's going to be going on today. Uh, we're going to be taking some of your listener questions and uh, talking about some of the games we played this week. There's a lot of them, so I've been hitting the games pretty hard, so going to talk about some of those. And uh, this past Saturday was International Tabletop Day, so we thought we would do uh, Tabletop Day in honor and uh, talk about some of our experiences with tabletop games or just, you know gaming family wise or on the table in general and one of us claims to have never played any sort of tabletop game i don't give it away who it was we will get to that we'll get to that first i want to hear a story so rob help me out with your microphone because say something what 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 just what, what, lean what? in lean in what do you want make love to it lean in okay all right um tell me a story about target oh okay well, I kind of got one up on them, I guess you could say. Not really one up. I, w- I wasn't trying to scam them or anything, but I bought my PS4 two weeks ago, and I picked up Infamous with it. And uh, so two weeks later, they decided to have their buy two, get one free sale. And since I had obviously opened up the game, um, I just went ahead and bought another copy of Infamous. And then I picked up... Uh, FIFA 14 and the latest Assassin's Creed because I was holding off on that until I picked up a next gen. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I still had my other receipt, I just brought Infamous back, the sealed Infamous, <laughs> with <laughs> with that receipt. Uh, so it was really like a buy one, get one free. Um, so you ended up getting essentially two games for free. No, 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 no. No, you paid for two. How did it work out in the end? It was like buy one, get one free. I hate math. Yeah. Oh, math is my worst subject. Math is the worst. Math and history. If it's buy two, get one free, and I return one that I paid oh, for. Oh, see, now you're giving me word one, problems. one, one free. <laughs> and I had three apples left. <laughs> <laughs> if Rob walks into Target yeah. 
Traveling Rob walks at into X Target at three o'clock. Yeah, but but anyway, and the train's coming at seven forty-two oh, in the Ronkonkoma station. <laughs> Ronkonkoma. I, I had to get FIFA just for the fact that uh, I have a bunch of people that already have it for the PS4, and that's a game that I could just. What is FIFA like these days? Because I've seen FIFA's been around for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. Like how? Because one of the things I don't play sports games. Um, pretty at, at all, mm-hmm. but I mean, maybe the last sports game I played was either Double Dribble or Joe Montana's Sports Talk Football Two. Nothing oh, since then, fantastic. really. No, I'm 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 being dramatic. Okay, yeah. No, I had to have played something. Uh, I don't I don't play sports games either. I might have played NFL Fever, uh, for the Xbox okay. when it was out, and that was that was pretty shitty from what I remember. Uh-huh. Um, and I probably played one of the Maddens or something. See, I I, I don't enjoy the football games, but. Okay. I love FIFA. American footballs. <laughs> I, I love any kind of NHL game. And I really used to enjoy the uh, Tiger Woods games. Mm. The the golf games were yeah. awesome. Like early Xbox. I love whenever I give, like I'm given the opportunity, like in uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, I spent, <laughs> I spent so much time. My friend's like, are you going to beat the game? I'm like, dude, I'm golfing. Uh-huh. Come on. Oh, and tennis. What am I talking about? Tennis. I love Oh, dude, Virtua Tennis on the Virtua Dreamcast. Virtua Tennis and Super Tennis for the Ooh, Super Nintendo. Yeah. Those are the two best tennis games. Did you guys games. ever play Rockstar's Table Tennis? Oh, yeah. No. Yes, yes, that yes. That was a fun game. That uh, was. That was almost like a tech demo. I remember when that came out. That was so for weird their new out of nowhere. Well, it was a... It was different, like different company. It wasn't the uh, no, it was. It, it was. It, it, it was, was Rockstar them because wow. what it was that was right before Grand Theft Auto had was coming out, and mm-hmm. that was the engine that they were using for Grand Theft Auto. Whoa. So they just threw that together and that's uh, kind of cool, and made a little money off of that. Huh. I love sports. Like I love sports. I'm a huge baseball, football, and basketball fan. I like hockey. and I hate yeah, hockey. Hate hate sports games. Yeah. I, I I play them like, like tonight on our um our stream. Yeah, we were playing Killer Instinct. I'm awful at fighting games. I'm yeah. awful at sports games. So I'll just button mash in both of them and hope for the best. Yeah. See, I don't I don't hate sports games. I don't hate them at all. I just I never I never take my own money and make it a point to go out and get them. Uh, but one of the things I was saying before. Running back to it is that I'm always super impressed with the way that they look. Like with each one that comes out, um, there's I mean there aren't like evolutionary jumps in, no, but no. compared to when I was playing like NBA Jam days and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. Like if you're talking NBA Live '95, yeah. Well, that's for the Genesis. I'm talking like NHL, shooting, you know, '99 with Shaquille O'Neal. No NHL 2000 for the, <laughs> the PlayStation. Okay, well, yeah. Uh, there, there's an obvious jump. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm always super impressed by the, the movement, like the mocap that they get for those things. Uh-huh. Oh, I was, uh, I went to the mall this weekend out in Roosevelt and they had a Microsoft store coming, but in the meantime, they had kiosks set outside with Xbox ones playing. And I have not seen a FIFA game ever. Like it's, it's not my jam. So I never really pay attention to them. And I stopped and watched it. It is gorgeous. Like those physics, it is a beautiful looking game. If I had yeah. any idea how to play those games, like uh, I, I would, I might try a FIFA game just because it looks so nice. It is. It's really fun, and mm. I mean, obviously, soccer is isn't that big over in the states, right? Um, Who's your team? 
Well, for for the honor of one of our listeners, I was playing as Cardiff City. Oh, I know who you're talking oh, Hugh. about. So, you. You can tell you can say his name. So, of course, I I picked them for my career and I made myself as a player. But um like you were saying, it, it is. It's an easy game to jump into. They have like tons of skill games that you could just mess around with, learn how to pass, dribble. Hmm. Uh, and that's what I was doing the first day was was beating all of Hugh's scores in those events. Oh no, he couldn't have liked that. <laughs> well, well, he claimed to to not care, uh, but oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure by the next time I check, like all my scores will be <laughs> overtaken. Um, but no, it, it it's really fun and it's cool just to you know throw on your headphones and you just talk and yeah. hang out and and play. I used to have such a rivalry with my friend Dave uh, when I was going to college in reference to. Uh, like achievements and Xbox gamer score. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I told this other podcast, but well, I, it was like a few weeks where he was really busy with work and school. And so he took a break from getting his trophies and I just gunned a bunch of trophies. And I actually, uh, Bella and I, uh, one of my good friends, we recorded it on my phone and I, the whole thing of it, like flipping over and getting the score. And I'm like dancing around my living room, like, oh, and I sent it to him at work. And he was like, you mother. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, with with like trophies and gamer scores, I can understand, you know, people wanting to get the most out of their game. No. But with like online leaderboards for specific games, th- those I enjoy more because, you know, that you're getting the skill, you know, mm-hmm. skill of the game and placing yourself on that list instead of just owning more games and, right. you know, getting more trophies and stuff. When the 360 first launched... There was this game Amped, Amped Three, yeah, on a snowboarding yeah, game. Yeah. It was ridiculous amounts of fun. I loved that game so much. I was but a fan was, of uh, SSX. I played SSX, uh, the the, yeah. the latest yeah. PS3 one, and I thought it was fun. But I I, I just liked Amped better. But the, going speaking to Rob's leaderboard thing, every challenge had their own leaderboards, and I guess like I was one of the only people in the world playing Amped. It seemed like because I had my names on the top of like three different tricks like at three different areas leaderboards and i was like look at that (laughs) look at that i'm on the top and then i came back a week later and it was like congratulations you're in 6787 place (laughs) yeah that's how it happens and then i connected to xbox live (laughs) i love watching um my friend mike play call of duty because if you if you bring over your system and you just give him the controller you'll be on the leaderboards in no time he'll prestige you and he just he does it with such ease it's disgusting I hate him yeah, for it. He's... No, I don't hate him for it. I love him for it. Um, so, Rob, you mentioned before that you also picked up Assassin's Creed, and you're saying that you're glad that you waited. What does that mean? Uh, well, I mean, there, there, there's not a huge difference between uh, the Xbox 360 version, which I would have bought, right, and the PS4. There's obviously better frame rate and... Uh, you don't think it looks different graphically? Because my my copy of Assassin's Creed is draw gorgeous. distance definitely, you know. But it's the cutscenes look horrific either way. They <laughs> they look Assassin's Creed like yeah yeah totally. You're clipping through other people during every cutscene, and everyone has that stiff neck look. Yeah. Uh, but but the actual <laughs> environment itself, obviously, mm-hmm. that that looks much better. So yeah, I'm I'm just glad that I waited and. The game is very stiff for something that for a game that is that revolves a lot around like parkour and jumping around and climbing things. You'd think that it would maybe the body movements would flow a little bit better, be a little bit looser. 
Wow. Like something like like uh, Infamous or something like that, like the cutscenes in that. I mean, that was just those are ridiculous. But could you imagine having that kind of quality in the movement in game all the time? See, that's disappointing because, like I said last week, I haven't played one since two, mm-hmm. and Black Flag is going to be my next entry in the series. And I was hoping, I always found that to be the case in when I was playing them. That like, man, I feel like I'm stiff, and like yeah. jumping around was like not. Not as fluid as I hoped it would be. I mean, it's still it's still very majestic. Like when you're when you're running around one of the islands and you're kind of making your way through the branches and you're just kind of you know tiptoeing through the tulips on these things, it, it looks phenomenal. Oh, good. Um, it is, you know, looking and, forward to seeing that. Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I I don't remember what my percentage is. It was between eighty six and ninety three overall completion. Like I I humped that game hard, really hard. I collected every animus piece, hacked every computer. I think one of the only things I didn't do was get the white whale because of a glitch. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I explored every island. I honestly, oh, I know what it was. You have to you have to 100% every mission to get the 100% completion. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, some of them, you get them right off the bat, and it's not a problem, and it's done. But then there's, like, 11 chapters or missions or parts where, you know, it's like you got twenty six percent. There is four other fucking things to do, and it's gonna take you a long time. Because if you screw it up just once, you're gonna have to do it all over again. Um, I'm well used to to all of that with you yeah. know all the priors. Will you creeds. go back and do it? Oh hell yeah! Oh, see, I couldn't. Yep. I just soldier on. I was hanging. No, well, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't the intimidation of the hundred percent completion for the missions that did me in. It was that white whale glitch. I had to sign into some like Ubisoft. You play, yeah, the you play servers, mm-hmm. and they weren't they weren't working, and you had to be in a party with friends and just. And what pissed me off was when I wasn't connected to that thing. I saw them. I saw I saw at least six in mm-hmm. one play, and was never given the chance to get it then. And I would it would have been done. I had to be logged into that stupid thing, and then once that was once I was logged into it, uh, it doesn't work. So. I don't know if it works now. Uh, I I haven't tried. Well, I haven't gotten to that part. Well, when you mm. when you get to that part, keep me in mind. Let me know if you ever bag okay. yourself a white whale. Okie dokie. All right, I shall. <laughs> so you still want to play it after uh, after hearing all this? Yeah, I, every video I've ever seen on the thing looks gorgeous. Everybody says it's really really good, and yeah. I've never really played a pirate game, so the pirate stuff is super good. It's, I mean, it's very over the top, it, it, you know, Blackbeard and, but it's, it's all, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean without the goofball antics kind of stuff. And I mean, the, some of the, the, the battles in like the ocean with the, the f- water oh, funnels coming up and beautiful. the weather's coming in and there's guys flanking you from all sides and everything. It's absolutely gorgeous. And yeah. give me anything with treasure maps that i have to like actually solve like yeah. between this and red dead redemption when all yep. the treasure maps and that oh i love treasure maps mm. so indeed uh justin why don't you tell us uh you've been playing i i bought the season pass when i got my bioshock infinite and never downloaded any of the dlc you just finished burial at sea yeah episode two so tell me about that well, it concludes the story pretty much of Irrational, the studio, since this is the last thing that they're doing for the franchise of Bioshock since, 
Irrational doesn't exist as it did before. It's now been wound down to like 15 people. So mm-hmm. for me, I was playing this with like an extremely heavy heart because I love Irrational. Like I, I find Bioshock Infinite, it's, it's actually kind of funny. Two of my top five games came out within two months of each other. The Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite. I loved Bioshock Infinite. If it wasn't for The Last of Us, it might be one of my fa- my favorite game of all time. I, I of all time, of all time. I like oh, wow. and people like Whoa, that man. game. That game gets decisive with people. Like so, like oh, it's just it's a shooter. That, I think that story hit some people, and some people it just like I did nothing for me. I was one of the people that it hit when that ending. I, I was playing that ending. I just sat there and just open mouth like uh what's like yeah no there was definitely like a, a a week solid where i was going around and i was like should be bioshock infinite that was amazing oh my god and that those, was one of the those, best like yeah those type of endings where they stay with you you're thinking about it like i watched videos on people deciphering what yeah. it meant like what it meant for the yeah, series. Yeah, I watched one of those. One of them was really good. And I, I, I just loved it so much. I got so involved with those characters. So when they said there was story DLC coming out, I was like, mm-hmm. yes, all about it. Here, take my money, please. <laughs> so I played episode one, and uh, Burial Sea deals with Booker and Elizabeth, but in Bioshock, in Rapture, in the city under the sea. And the uh, well, okay. now that's going to be in my head all night. Thank you. It's better. It's no. It's uh. It's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me, man. I'll take your word. Take it from me. <laughs> um. So the first one was about three hours long, and people weren't really thrilled with it. Like they like it was getting like sevens. Uh. Mm-hmm. And it was, was it just short. more of the same. It wasn't that it was just more of the same. It just like it, it didn't really jive that greatly. It, it was, was more short. Of the lame. Did you play it? No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it was short, um, but it was just nice to be with those characters. And there was like an like ongoing mystery, like, okay, what's going on here? Like, why are these two characters here? Is this the character that I know from the pre- from Infinite? So it leaves off on somewhat of a cliffhanger. Like, it kind of just stops. Okay. Um, like, you know, like uh, when there's two-part movies and it's like, ooh, they didn't really find a good spot to leave this thing off at. It kind of just ended. Ah, was, so you're talking about the latest Hobbit movie. Yes. Usually that just means they want more money. I'm it's just like, being an asshole. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. What did we do? <laughs> Fade to black. Um, uh. So this picks up, and this just makes the first one better. It just It's about five hours long, so if you're playing the two of them, you're getting between, I'll say, if you're it, like it took me three hours, and I collected everything on the first one. You could probably go through it much quicker. So altogether, it's probably about, I'd say, five to eight hours of story altogether between the two, which is a nice, healthy chunk of story. You play as Elizabeth, which changes everything. Hmm. The previous games were all about, you know, this guy with plasmids, and he runs, and he shoots, and he could be, like, nearly invincible if you want him to be. Elizabeth gets shot, like, twice, and she dies. Okay. So they actually want this game to be more of a stealth game, which is why they introduced the previous games. They have 1999 mode, which is like super hard difficulty. Like, yeah. I remember I played um, the second one on, maybe the first one. Did they have that in the first one? Uh, yes. I believe yes, I played they did. it on that. They did. Yeah. And I played infinite on hard. And at, at times there was, I got into a boss fight where I was not prepared to be in a boss fight. And I actually had to reload a save because I did not have the correct weaponry to take down this boss. And on, that was just on hard. So I can't imagine what it'd be, it would be like a 99 mode. In Burial at Sea Episode 2, they introduced 1998 mode. Oh, no. Which mm. wants you to take down everybody 
without using lethal force. So this is this is a stealth game. It's the plasmids you get are all about helping you get by undetected. Yeah, uh, they they carried over one of the plasmids where it's like you could take control of a turret or you can make an enemy fight for you, but then there's one that mm-hmm. you can go invisible. There's old man winter where you could freeze people, but the weapons that you get uh, sure, you could pick up a shotgun, but good luck if you're going to shoot somebody. You need to get invisible and get away because she cannot take a lot of damage. No. So there'll be sleeping darts. She has a crossbow, and then there'll be a gas dart, which will have an AO, like an area of effect, and knock out multiple people. It changes everything you know about the first, about the original Bioshock. Mm-hmm. It fits together like a, a, a perfectly worn glove. Like at the end of it, <laughs> I was just like, this was amazing. It, cha- it, it changes. The, uh, it changes Infinite and Bioshock in all the right ways. Are you just going to come up with songs every time I say something? See, this, I, don't get, I don't get to do this on the Talking Comics podcast, but this shit's always going on in my head. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, I, I was waiting for them both to come out to, to play them all that was- at once because I, I would have been pissed playing two and a half, three hours and then having to wait, you know, three, four more months. It... When it was over, I just sat there and was just sad. If you like Irrational, it's sad that they're leaving this franchise. And I worry about where this franchise, because there's going to be more Bioshock games, but there's never going to be another Irrational Bioshock game. And if you liked Bioshock Infinite and you haven't jumped into the DLC, or if you did jump into the first episode and you were left a little jaded, please play this, because Mm. it fixes everything that was wrong. And it's just, it's a love letter. It's a love letter to these characters, and I found it to be really good and challenging. Right. It, playing it on the the stealth, dif- like you know, playing it wanting to be stealth. Now, here's a question: because Infinite, I absolutely love the soundtrack. Um, I mean, I, I still listen to those songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the two DLCs, are there like more songs like that? You mean like the like the Beach Boys stuff oh, and the Cindy Lauper? Oh and, man, no! Uh, or is it just just more you know ambiance music? Ambi- there, there, there's always in the they they did really good uses of music, but there's no like you walk up and here's the Beach Boys song playing and you're like, what? Wait a second, what's going on? Why are you singing this? There, there's nothing like that. But if you played the original Bioshock, do you remember the type of music that was being played? That like, oh yeah, 50s? yeah, that like fifties yeah. and forties, or actually twenties, like right? That's still gonna be there in the background. Um, I love that old radio stuff. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know the year they came out, but I do like it. I think Bio- Bioshock uh, took place in the 50s because that's where you're at right now. Oh, mm-hmm. my first guess. Yeah. So, like I said, if you haven't played it and you enjoyed that that franchise, do yourself a favor and play this. All right. I might have to go and grab my... Actually, I should go and grab my downloads of that because with all the You paid for them. Right? Yeah. I and did. The, the season's pass is $20, and that also included like I definitely... A, uh, I definitely paid for the season pass when yeah. I picked up my game. Each episode's each episode's fifteen, or the first one might be discounted by now. But you All also right. got that clash in the clouds where it was like you know a wave based yeah. survival thing. That's that's throwaway. The story is worth it. Did you cry when uh, Songbird? No, but I don't like I I love that ending so much. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, I jumped. I I've never done this. I jumped up and was like, oh my god, oh my god, like what <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Did and, you? It, like that was like that's why that game resonated me uh, resonated with me so much because of that ending. Did you see that video where somebody uh, synced it up with Bioshock One with the dude playing the piano in the like the broken down bar? No, I didn't see that. There's a he's playing the piano and 
he there's like a brief pause in the music ever so slightly and you can hear like the cry of the songbird and it's the same exact sound as that scene that's that's precisely amazing. and the theory is is that you can you can hear you know the cry of the songbird from an entire universe away or an entire reality away and uh that's pretty cool i i had I never seen Yeah, that. you gotta you gotta look up the video because I mean even if even if it turns out to be shit, it's still a really fun thing to just to play with, you know? Yeah. I, I'd like to believe it. It's more fun that way. So all right. Uh so that was What about you? What do you play? Me? I was gonna uh, hold on, we're gonna mix it up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I do no I know. Okay. I like your enthusiasm though. Roar. Roar. <laughs> Uh, I actually want to go to the uh, talkingcomicbooks.com, the forums. Uh, we got a listener question in there, and apparently this is I, this has been asked a few times, or, or this is uh, from <laughs> Wicked Ape. He is uh, at Fearless Defender status on the forums. Let me just move my computer so I can see this a little better. He goes, um, this is going to get old for me, but I repeatedly can't remember who mentioned it uh, about playing Disney Infinity. That was me. Uh, what do you think of the tease of Stage 2.0, which looks like Avengers characters are being released? Have you guys heard about this? Yeah. Yes. I have Disney Infinity unopened right behind you. I'm just waiting. Like, I What got are you it. waiting for? I don't know. I just like, <laughs> what waiting, are you waiting, waiting for? I told, I, my wife saw that and was like, that would be really cool to play together. And I love my wife to death, but she said the same thing about Puppeteer, and we've never finished Puppeteer. So. Yeah. You know, I'm wait- I, I was waiting for her to start a new schedule so that way we could attempt to play this together. Yeah, I picked it up for black on Black Friday for like twenty dollars. It was what? Yeah, wow. I got I saw that and snapped it up immediately on Amazon. And what the fu- wow, I asked you about it when you started playing it, and I knew that you really liked it. So yeah. I'm just I'm waiting for her to be like, all right, let's play this together. And just play it on your own. She'd be mad. She, she makes put up or shut up, man. She's got to come down and play. I know ah. she makes dinner though, so so then you could build her. Well, you don't like know how a, to cook. A lovely level. No. Really? I'm. You don't want to see me in the kitchen, man. Uh-oh. Unless you want. Unless you want the house to go on fire. Oh, uh, Rob, you got to teach him. I'll you got to teach him the ways. Lessons. Rob is an incredible cook. Mm. Incredible mouth orgasms. All night. <laughs> I'm not hungry or anything. I'm starving <laughs> as we speak. So, all right. So let's get to this question. Stage 2.0. Um, I have played Disney Infinity. I beat every one of the story modes. Uh, I invested in many of the toy box characters and uh, have received many of them as gifts. Uh, this these past holidays, I got Jack Skellington. I have uh, all of the. Incredibles, uh, the Lone Ranger, all that stuff. I think the only ones that I don't have are some of the newer ones. I got the Frozen ones. But anyway. um, What about the one hidden in like the Disney wristband you wear when you go to the park? No, I didn't. And I I don't know anybody that's been to Disneyland lately. That is pretty cool, though, Mm -hmm. that somebody figured that out. Um, But yeah, no, I, uh, I really enjoyed Disney Infinity when I was playing through. I think The Incredibles was my favorite of the uh, the scenarios. The Monsters, Inc. one was cool. It had its moments. But um, the problem is with Disney Infinity is that I, as much of a Disney fan as I am and as as much as I, they're like my bread and butter for writing my column and stuff, um, the just the amount of things that I'm willing to do with the game stops after I hit a certain point. Like I beat the game, all the scenarios that were in it. 
Um, but you're not interested in, in creating stuff in the toy box. That's the thing. And I, I, I think I said this last time. Uh, I can't bring myself to set all the parameters to yeah. build the levels. Um, but as far as the stage 2.0, yeah, I, I, you know, I wish that the figures weren't as expensive as they are. What are they like ten dollars? No, they're not. They're they're like twelve, fourteen bucks, depending for a single thing. Here's the thing: from that game, I want more worlds. I want more like the toy, like the the Toy Story set. I haven't gotten that yet, but that would be cool. Um, well, here's the thing: like they announced two but we don't know what two means. That stuff. You know, hopefully that stuff is coming where they introduce more well, story they're, stuff. They're probably going to introduce some kind of Manhattan or some kind of Avengers type scenario if they're thinking about adding Captain America because that was the trailer, right? Was Captain America's shield flying around the Disney Infinity Verse, and then at the end it's the tease, you know, stage two point Okay, well that just means you'll buy new characters and new playsets. So I know, but I want. But that's the thing. I want. Play sets. I have enough. Oh, I have enough characters it'll, it'll for the toy box be new stuff. Play sets. So yeah, they they they've released a whole bunch of other characters without any fanfare. So if they're releasing yeah. the Marvel characters and they're not doing a like a bigger expansion, oh, I think they will. No, th- yeah, I, I would hope so. Otherwise, why not just throw them out in the wild? I mean, if people see them, they're instantly going to buy them. Like they yeah. they haven't advertised for any of the other characters, so you'd have to think that two point is a it has to be like a substantial addition to the game. Yeah, well, I think I think that you're probably going to see some changes to the game with this. It's like the like the loot 2.0 for Diablo 3, how they they switch things up. I think they're going to add a couple of components and uh I hope that they do because I would love I would love to have another reason to go back to the game and, you know, aside from frustratingly trying to find new levels to play in that people have made online. Yeah. Cuz that was the coolest part. Like I said, I downloaded a bunch and only a handful of them were any good. There were some that were fantastic, and then there were some that were total crap, and there was no reason to play them whatsoever. But the interface of how to get those levels and how to navigate those menus, in my opinion, was extremely frustrating. And it kept me from exploring you know, beyond what I did, which is a shame, because when you invest in a game like that, you want to get the most out of it. And uh, I just don't think that I have. But I'm... Like thankful that I have it, and I will go back. And if they're going to be releasing, you know, Captain America and Wolverine and stuff like that, I think that would be pretty cool. Star Wars isn't far behind. That means, yeah, yeah, we're going to be seeing lots of Star Wars. Wasn't there a Star Wars thing announced this week that you were excited about? It Somebody's was... coming back to Star Wars. Well, no, it was uh, the director who had left Naughty Dog um, with the yeah Amy Henning yeah. She she's going to be heading the new Star Wars game. Okay, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it a big deal? It's kind of odd the way that games are evolving. Like, we're not just talking about ni- like Nintendo, Sony, and uh, Microsoft anymore. When we're also not just talking about studios, we're talking about the people that front these studios. So Amy Henning has been like the creative director of the Uncharted franchise, which speaks for itself. She's widely regarded as um, super skilled in her craft throughout the industry. And I I listened to a lot of gaming podcasts, and this was the big news when she left Naughty Dog. It was like, it's like a big free agent. Like, this lady had multiple studios knocking down her door, 
and she could have the pick of anything she wanted, and she chose to go to Visceral, who's uh, known for Dead Space. Oh, okay. And um, I, I, I'm like 90, I'm 100% sure that's Visceral. Um, and now she's going to be working on a Star Wars franchise. So you're having somebody who took Uncharted and is the lead on Uncharted and mm. having them work on a Star Wars game, that is a huge get. Yeah, for that's it. pretty That's big. a huge get for EA and Visceral. Like, this isn't the, but this isn't the only time that this stuff has happened. Like, that's how games are evolving, that we're, we're paying attention to the people who behind the scenes. Like, I forget, I, I forget her name, but there was somebody working at 343 who is a creative artist. And mm-hmm. she went to Naughty Dog. And it was a big deal that, like, wow, 343, who makes Halo, lost this terrific person over to Naughty Dog. But that's great for Naughty Dog. Right. So, like, we're watching these people now move around. And that's exciting because you feel that the ability to which they made their one game really well is now going to transfer over yeah. to something else. And for a Star Wars game, that's hello Uncharted in space. Probably is not going to be that. But it's going to be... It's going to be really good. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Corin Yu. Thanks so much, Rob. That's who I was thinking of. That That's who left 343. Mm-hmm. That is cool. The idea of uh, somebody that was in charge of the Uncharted games going over to uh, Star Wars. Because I have, I have no like I have no allegiance to Star Wars. I don't have... Me neither. I've barely played any of the games. I played maybe some stuff on the Super Nintendo. I played Rogue Squadron when it was out. Um, but I never played Knights of the Old Republic. I never yeah, played... Battlefront? Any- I might have played a few rounds of Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't they come out with another one of that, and everybody was really disappointed by it? Uh, there was one and two, and three was announced and then canceled, but then there's a new Star Wars Battlefront yeah. being made right EA, now. Okay. EA signed a deal with Disney, because Disney owns the Star Wars franchise Everything. now, mm-hmm. and EA is going to be putting out lots of Star Wars games coming out because LucasArts shut down. So the guys who make Battlefield um, are going to be running in that engine having Battlefront, which we should see something at at E3. And now Visceral is doing a Star Wars game. Mm -hmm. So depending on how you feel about EA, this is either good news, but most likely for most people it's really bad news since everybody hates EA. But if they can make a Battlefront game look as nice as Battlefield does when Battlefield's playing correctly, hmm. oh boy. When it's playing correctly. When it's playing correctly, of course. Um, hmm. That'll be a big treat. So I'm really excited to look forward to seeing that, hopefully at E3. Megalodons in space. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I've always been fascinated by the Megalodon. I kind of want them to come back, but then I really don't want them to come back because I'd never go in the water, ever. They would probably get you in your house. <laughs> They probably would. Man, you see the jaws on those things? It's so huge. For those not in the know, uh, Battlefield is known for putting secret stuff in their games. Uh, in Battlefield 3, if you looked hard enough, you could find dinosaurs. In, in previous battle uh, Battlefield games, there's been spaceships. Um, and in Battlefield 4, there was a rumor that this giant shark was hiding out somewhere. Hmm. And just this past week, a bunch of people finally found it by, like, I think it was like 10 people have to surround this buoy way out in the ocean. And this Empire State uh, building-sized shark comes leaping out of the water and kills everybody. There's there's gifts of it everywhere if you just search for it. It's definitely worth watching just for the sheer absurdity of it all. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so I played a couple games. This week, I played a lot of games this week. Uh, Let's talk about what? Thomas Was Alone. 
<laughs> You've been wanting to talk about this. Yeah, Let, I have talk. been wanting to talk about it. Um, so Thomas was alone. I got for uh, free from my uh, PSN network, uh, PS Plus, for the PS3. And I said that already, didn't I? Mm-hmm. All right. So here's the deal. Thomas was alone is a puzzler game that has this kind of uh, who was that guy that had those old like learn how to play guitar CDs? Was his name Guitaro? <laughs> or uh, I wish. What the fuck? What was his name? You got me. I have um, no idea. Guitaro man. Steve. Oh man, Stefano. It was Stefano. He yeah. He used to he come on to hello. My name is Stefano. I'm going to teach you guitar. <laughs> it will be beautiful. I just want these CDs now. Yeah. Only for fourteen ninety nine. Get my nine CDs. You'll be playing guitar I don't like think Stefano. It was, no, it wasn't Stefano. It wasn't Stefano? You know what? Because this is a funny story. The names could have come to me, but I saw this dude live at a lobby in um, when I went to Arizona once. He was playing at a hotel. And then all of a sudden, he started having all these like QVC commercials and stuff. <laughs> Uh, it's like Sebastian or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know, every day, you know what? Every name that you say, I'm going to be like, yeah. So Thomas was alone is a puzzler where you're these little shapes and you have to navigate and traverse these levels and basically use the shapes. There'll be a small square. There'll be a, you know, long rectangle. Um, but the charm of the game is it would, it would, wouldn't be enough if it was just little shapes, put them in the holes, and that's the end of the level. There is a narrative, and there's a story to Thomas Was Alone, and it's done by this narrator with, like, you know, the thick British accent, and uh, it sounds kind of like the guy from Portal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you you start off as Thomas, and Thomas is this little uh, red rectangle who feels very alone in the world. And he just wants companionship. Then they introduce Chris. Chris is this like dickish little square, tiny little square dude that really can't do much on its own. It can't jump very high. Uh, it can only fit into tiny spaces and, and isn't really going anywhere in life. But he just wants to be left alone. He doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody. Uh, then you have John, who is a long rectangle. And his whole goal is just helping others. Helping others makes him feel good. So he wants to be a part of this group where you got one shape that wants nothing to do with anybody and then this other shape that just wants to make friends. So John and Thomas end up becoming friends. And then you introduce Claire. Claire is this big blue square and she fe- she's felt useless for her entire existence until one day she realizes that she has superpowers. Uh, and by superpowers, I mean that she can actually float in like acidic water that's throughout many of these levels there'll be whole you know none of the shapes can go in the water save for claire uh so she'll jump in she'll buoy up and you can actually ferry shapes over gaps and stuff like that and get them to their proper destinations um like i said great music these like orchestral bits uh i'm about i am 60 i got to level i guess 6.0 last night so i'm 60 percent through with the game there's 100 levels so I guess 10.10 will be the, the final. And uh, it's one of those games that you can, if you like puzzlers, it's simple enough that you'll be able to relax when you're playing it, but then you'll hit a level or, two, or a level or two that will, 
you know, test your ability to figure things out. You have to use these shapes and their size and their, I guess, their attributes and abilities to reach the end and get every piece into the slot. Uh, and there are times when, you know, you've got to ferry something over and activate a switch as the switch is is activating the water's rising. You have to switch between the shapes with the R1 and L1 buttons. And when you're managing five shapes within a moving level, when there are spikes coming at you from one end and they're pushing all the way to the right side and it's, you know, a race between two shapes, um, there's a point in the game where everything, there's a shape that jumps upside down. So everything that you do is opposite. You know, when you jump, you go down instead of up and you have to traverse the bottom of the level while the red square Thomas is up on top. And then you have to meet them in the middle, jump at the same time so that they clash together and then inch them through little gaps and stuff like that. And it's all narrated by this guy. And it's all a story about friendship and how different people, when placed within, you know, a certain proximity of one another, that they need each other's help to move on and get through these levels they all end up becoming friends. They even start to form, you know, crushes and little relationships, and they're just shapes. I've heard that the story in this game is really good. It is. Which is surprising when you look at it. I I have it downloaded on my Vita, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play it while I'm at PAX waiting online. Stanley Parable. That's the voice that I'm thinking of. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a Stanley Parable. That, that guy. Sounds just like that. If it's not him, I'd be very surprised. But it sounds a lot like him. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, it's, it's cute because the way that it's narrated, you wind up actually having feelings for, I mean, your shapes. Yeah. The gra the graphics are not, it is as, you know, low res as it gets. It's It's, super uh, simplistic. Yeah. It looks like something that you, you could have made on the Atari even, or something like the Nintendo. It's, um, it's very, you know, the shape is just, it's a dot on screen. And the, you know, the water is just this like caustic looking pool. And, but it's all about, you know, working with the shapes, hearing the story, getting to the end of the level. And because the puzzles aren't super hard, the narrative flows better. Like if they made it really ridiculously hard and it took you, you know, 15, 17 minutes or let's say, God forbid, a half hour to solve a puzzle and you lose that flow from the guy telling you the story and you make it to the next level and it's different characters and you have to remember like six levels ago where they were and what they were doing. um, I think that would be rather frustrating. So there's also, I forgot to mention that there's kind of, there's a black pixelated fog that moves through some of the levels that comes and steals shapes so little by little, as you get farther into the game, this uh, kind of like the smoke monster from uh, Lost spoilers, and uh, <laughs> you uh, uh-huh. it comes and it, it it scoops up your shapes and it leaves you with just you know Thomas and Chris or Claire and John, where they they don't like each other, but they need each other to get to the end of the level and to find their friends, the ones they do care about, and they have to work together. So Claire, you know, Claire has to ferry over the, you know, the little square. Square uh, doesn't want to tell Claire that he's, you know, fallen for her. And he's nervous to, you know, when he has to stand on top of her to ferry over the thing, he's nervous about it. And 
he just wants to save the day and so he learns to not be an asshole through this shape and it's just this sounds crazy it's it's i it's not i don't know maybe it is crazy it it sounds crazy like (laughs) i want to i want to play it just to see what all of this is about it is very gratifying in its the way that it's presented i mean you know we people listening they know that we do the talking comics podcast and you know we're really big into comics. i mean we're all big into comics all you know three of us sitting here that i mean story is you know i think about it like a comic book okay you have a comic book that the story is so damn good that you don't care if the art isn't, you know, your particular cup of tea because that just you love that writer or you you really dig the story. You don't really want Greg Land on the book. Man, I guess like he's going to say Greg Land any second. But uh I don't mean to pick on Greg Land. I'm sorry. But uh it <laughs> that was cold. But uh yeah, I don't know. I really, I'm really enjoying it. I wanted to beat it last night, but I was being uh, hounded by my friend to play, uh, to go back to Dragon's Crown to check out the multiplayer. So we wound up doing that. And how'd you like that? I liked it a lot better than Solo. I'll say that. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that you can still have, you can pick up the bones and resurrect people with the priest and have them in your party. Yeah. Uh, for those. Listening that don't know, uh, from last week, Dragon's Crown is a side-scrolling beat-em-up RPG from VanillaWare and Atlas. Uh, it is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful game. Uh, rather complex. And to answer my own question from last week, because I got different items this time through, the new items that you get, they do show up, or at least the weapons do. So when you get a new weapon, it's actually represented on your character. Um and it also changes the, you know, the attacks that you can do. Like I was doing ice in the beginning and then I found, you know, the wood staff of blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I was doing, you know, blah, 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 raging, blah, 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 fire blasts and such. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was cool. I, I chose the um, the well endowed, uh, you know, makes Jessica Rabbit look like a training bra uh, sorcerer, sorceress. There you go. And she that, that would have been odd. What <laughs> a well endowed sorcerer? Yeah, no, that would have. Hey, mm. You never know. Okay, magic balls. Mm. You know. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, she. It says right there when you're selecting her. It says this is for expert players. They recommend that if you're doing the magic based characters. I mean, they all have magic, but if you're going with the the wizard or the sorceress, they're for more experienced. They're players. for more experienced players. I didn't give a crap. I just wanted to see how she played. Um, making her run is quite Hysterical. funny. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's as uh, as Mara said on the the podcast, uh, boobs are flopping, you know, to and fro everywhere, and uh, it's a little distracting. But it's her her move her move set's really cool. And once you get beyond the initial shock, were you playing local? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have. Not... It is much. It is much better with people. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, it is much better with people. It was uh my friend Brendan, he was the the dwarf, the the drunken dwarf, the guy with the big hammers oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So he his... body slams people, which is pretty cool. Yeah, or he I... actually body slams himself into people. Yeah, I like his throws. His throws are really cool. Uh I'm still getting used to the combat. I I need to learn how to slide into my attacks and kind of lift people up in the air. It's all about comboing in that game because if you stay on the ground, you're going to get hit and you're going to die. Yeah. Um, and I keep forgetting that I have potions 
at my disposal. That's not a good thing. And to I've forget. been playing. Yeah, I've been dying and like you know using my life gems and I'm like ah oh, shit blah blah blah. And then I look and I see you know potions used zero and I'm like oh right. It's kind of like forgetting to use the dash in Towerfall, hmm. which is the other game that I talk uh, I played a lot of this past week. I decided to dive into the solo stuff. How do you like it so far? I really dig it. I really dig it. Once I got over the uh, sadness uh, of not having, having multi- three other people yeah. in the room, because I only have one PS4 controller, so I, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, unless they decide to make that game an online multiplayer I with ha- some kind of patch. You know, I, I hope that they do, they do just for convenience sake, but the real joy of that game is having everybody in the room with It you. is. It is. But you know what? If they released another version of it that was online, I would buy it. I would totally buy yeah, it. I would, I, I would definitely buy it. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah. And uh, so I got into that, and uh, I always pick the same character. I'm always the, the girl with the blue cloak. Mm-hmm. I just like the way she looks. She reminds me of, uh, like, Vivi. Always green. Yeah? Uh, if I'm anything else besides green, I lose myself instantly. All right. Well, see, I, I, I've gotten used to the blue. And so once I got over the initial sadness of not having people in the room, I said, you know, what do, I paid for this game. What can I get out of it if I don't have controllers and I'm not over playing it on somebody else's system? Why did I buy this? turns out that the single player is a lot of fun. It is fun. Uh, I got, I'm going to say I beat maybe five or six of the dungeons mm-hmm. by myself. Yeah. And then it got to a point where it was like, um, I'm either going to bash my head into the wall over frustration okay. or I'm going to wait for somebody to come over here and do this with me. And I had a friend come and do it. Yeah. And it's still, it's still hard. About how many dungeons are there? That's the thing. That's the cool thing like, about this game. There's say, I'll say like eight or nine, but the best okay. part is, you unlock stuff as you're playing multiplayer that you can play in single player. Like you'll be playing uh, multiplayer and unlock a stage, and now you have to beat that stage in the conquest mode, the single player mode. Okay. Or, you know, co op mode. Yeah. I mean I um I got I beat every stage with the exception of the boss level. Uh I can get about he has eight That's impressive. He has eight rooms, and I got, I think, to the seventh one, and I keep dying on the seventh. That one, even with two people for us, that was that was a pain. But when you uh, when you beat him, you're not nearly done. Well, that's good. (laughs) No, that's good because I don't want to be done. I I really, you know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look up how to unlock the characters and the stages and and stuff like that. Because when that game first came out, there was nothing. Yeah. I knew that, like, I looked at the trophy list. I'm like, oh, unlock stages. Nobody had any information on how to do it. So it was Is just there stuff trial and error. Now? Yeah. After a while, like, uh, after we unlocked, like, one or two stages just by accident, I was like, all right, well, there's other archers. How do I yeah. How do I get the other archers? You get one archer after beating, after beating the boss. You then go to another level, beat that level, you get the cyan archer right or like that like that light blue color and then from there it's like there's other guides on how to get the other ones yeah um for those of you listening if you're not familiar with towerfall ascension towerfall ascension is a game on the ps4 network as well as is on the vita uh no it's on the ouya so if you own it oh wow you already know about this game. the reason to buy the ouya yeah, that was the reason that the ouya was even is was ever turned so they on still have it it didn't it, they didn't lose no, it dude, no. t- target sells ouyas do they what? Yes. What? For I, how much? I didn't walk over to them, but they have the controllers and they have the systems. Is that one of those buy one get one free? <laughs> <laughs> but it but it's right in the uh, the PC the, section. I think they dropped to I want to say a hundred. Mm. I want to say a hundred. Yeah, I'm not. It's funny. I'm not really. 
I remember when I first heard about that. I think I saw it in Game Informer magazine. I was like, "What is this?" It's scary mm-hmm. that if you're not if you're not one of the huge conglomerate uh, companies, you really can't stick your neck out with a system. People don't take to it. Not to mention the Ouya was not what it promised at all. No. So, but um, good games. It just goes to show if you make a good game and you're an indie developer, and even if it was on the Ouya, yeah. this game now you know PlayStation came and was like, "Come, come to us, come to us." Yeah, we'll give you a home. And so, yeah. Good games, good games find their ways into into people's homes no matter what. Yeah, I have to get used to. Uh, I still. What is the all right for people that don't know that haven't played Towerfall? Towerfall is a one stage, four players. Uh, you're all archers. You have four arrows. Occasionally, treasure chests will drop, and you can pick up items to power yourself up, get a shield, get more arrows, bomb arrows, fly. drill arrows, fly. You get wings and such. Um, but it is all-out madness. We've been playing it for uh, Multiplayer Madness before recording the Talking Games podcast for the past couple of weeks. We actually played uh, Killer Instinct tonight. And uh, if you want, since the, uh, we played it on the Xbox, it's actually archived on our Twitch channel. So if you want to go and check out Talking Games on Twitch, you can go and see that video of uh, the king reigning supreme. Whatever. I'm, I'm going to be a dick about it. I was very proud. It was the first time I played in years. First time I played that. That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. It, it was a friendly competition that got a little, uh, a little heated at the end. Ah, uh, yeah, but there was no, there was no animosity. Of course not. We all love each other. Ha! Um, you suck. <laughs> I was impressed with it. I was. Uh, I like it. I really, I, like it I liked it. I was really. Um, the it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. it really. If if I've seen anything show off the power, I mean, I guess Titanfall as well. But it was some chop chop going on. With Titanfall, we were playing it. There was some nastiness. Rise, Rise is still the best thing I've seen on the Xbox. Do you have Rise? I had it. You had I, it. I had it. What'd and you I do with it? it Ooh, yeah. I beat it. I, I did you platinum it? No. Oh, on you the Xbox it uh, on the Xbox. It, it it wasn't worth it to go back and get the achievements. I'm I'm like I'm more obsessed with trophies than I am achievements now. But I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, if I saw that there was one I could get, I could go get it. But like I didn't like the game enough to like go back and do it again. Right. As far as visually, Rise so far is the best one I've seen. Mm, uh, no. Killer Instinct has terrific particle effects. It's a gorgeous looking game. It really does. Rise is, Rise is really nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think just for the nostalgia factor alone, um, you know, Killer Instinct definitely did it for me. Yeah, I mean, that was really, it played just like the other ones. I love that they didn't change very much about it at all, except I don't know how to do the super moves. But yeah, I, yeah. You know, I didn't know how to do the super moves years ago, so why the hell would I know how to do them now? <laughs> I, I didn't want to like go look at a guide before I came over or anything. See, when I tried to when I tried to ask Jackie to back up so I could look at something, she's like, "No, get, get out of here!" Awesome. Uh, I love the, it. I just know the amount of quarters I spent on that arcade game mm-hmm. when I was younger. I I should know how to do everything. Remember when people used to come over and put the quarters on the machine? Oh yeah. Like, like throwing their throwing their me. dick down <laughs> and just being like next. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh. Dibs. Get away from me. I got Killer Instinct because uh, we played tonight at my house just for when my friends come over because they like to play it. Yeah. I I just sit there and just smash buttons and hope for the best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like if you uh if you enjoy fighting games and you haven't tried Killer Instincts, it's it's worth a shot. It's free. Yeah. You can download it for free. Yeah. And you get one character that rotates. I think monthly now they're up to monthly. Yeah, and there's a couple other price models, but I, I think the most expensive version is forty dollars. If you mm-hmm. like fighting games, you have an Xbox One, most likely you're already playing this. Right. But 
if you have nostalgia, give it a shot. Yeah, if I if I were to pick up an Xbox One, which I'm going to try to do in the next couple of weeks, uh, that would definitely be one of the titles that I would grab. I would need a second controller, though, yeah. obviously, to uh, to enjoy. I wouldn't play it by myself. You can't play fighting games by yourself. It's boring. No, not at all. So now they have a dojo mode, which uh, is actually for me since I'm I'm miserable at them. It's kind of nice. It like it teaches you everything about the game. Oh, is that like like the Matrix nothing room? And it yeah. shows you how to do yeah. everything. And it, it'll show you like, all right, here's how you counter. Here's how you counter a counter. Here's how you pull off your special or your ultimate. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's friendly to people that are not good at fighting games for just for that dojo mode alone. Right. Um, so moving on to other games and then we'll uh, we'll kind of get to our to our topic. Uh, I played a little bit of Goat Simulator. Has anybody else that. tried this? I, I haven't tried it. I haven't watched anything on it, but I just can't stop hearing people talking about this game. <laughs> yeah, I watched a whole playthrough of it, so yeah. I'm well aware of it. It's pretty ridiculous. You're a goat that has his he he already he looks like he's already been hit by a couple of cars because <laughs> he's got that tongue hanging out of the mouth, you know, dead on the side of the road look to him, and. uh so I'm playing it on the PC. I don't play very many games on the PC. I'm, I'm trying to get into the habit of doing it since I, I beefed mine up. But uh, moving around the mouse for the camera, you know, uh, what is it? I have a game that we I'll talk W-A-D-S about. W A D S for uh, for movement and stuff like that. So you can you can lick things and you can headbutt things and you can run and you can jump, and that's essentially what it is. And they drop you in the middle of this kind of like suburban playground where nobody gives a fuck about their yard and you know trampolines with holes in them and barbecues with no kind of safety precautions so i'm running around as a goat and i'm you know headbutting people in the ass into barbecues and watching them burn and stuff like that um it looked like they had like a like a local pool kind of thing with a a water slide that had no water but magically my goat was able to kind of ragdoll down the slope and I managed to lick a uh, like a firecracker rocket and put it to where like, I guess I coughed it up or something towards the end. And so I slid down the slide and at the tail end hit the rocket and, you know, rocketed up into the air. And you can hear my going up into <laughs> the air and I smashed through somebody's roof. And, and like fuck their house up and everything like that. It, and, it uh, reminds me of just like every wacky Tony Hawk level that there was. Yeah. Uh, just with well, a it's, goat. There are these games that are coming out, or at least in, in the past couple of months, like something like Octodad, mm-hmm. where Octodad is just, it's half skill and it's half chance. Because the the controls are just they're so unwieldy. Yeah, they want they the controls fight you. Right, an octodad. See, but the thing is, the thing that I the thing that I respect about Goat Simulator is that they've openly stated that like they don't give a shit if it's broken. They said, you know, we made this thing, we put it together in like a week, and here it is. You're a goat. People love goats. People love stupid goats, and we're gonna put a bunch of NPCs in. You know little uh, parks and having backyard barbecues and you're going to get to be this obnoxious goat just going around bothering everyone. And um, you could also kind of like Tony Hawk flip in the air. That's awesome. So if you're running and you jump onto a trampoline and you jump up, you can kind of like do like a half gainer right into somebody's face. Just thinking about that sounds pretty amazing. It's fun. It's fun for, for, you know, a couple of minutes. Like it's one of those, 
I got 20 minutes to spare before I have to leave the house. Let's see how much havoc I could yeah, cause. Yeah, like what, how, what, like what achievements can I unlock? Because that's the whole thing is there's really no end goal to it. It's all about discovering new achievements and new things that you can do, um, you know, ramming into the, I don't know, the oil tank on the side of someone's house. And that blows you past, you know, you go through a window. So you got the window breaking achievement and so on and so forth. Like I said, I think that game is is well served playing with a couple of friends sitting yeah. around and, you know, Drinks. everyone everyone just laughing their ass off. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Would. Yes. But uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> so this is Goat Simulator, man. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'll bring the Funyuns, man. So yeah, goat simulator is <laughs> Justin. You don't look amused. I'm, I'm just thinking about the goat flipping through the air. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to download this and try it. It's good. It's um, like I said, it's a good you know, kill a couple minutes, laugh with your friends, or even laughing to yourself because it, it it can get pretty damn funny. Um, before we move on to our topic, why don't you actually? I want to talk about two more things. Let's go with Justin. Tell us about Smite. Ah yes. So I beat Barrier. Let's see. And the other thing I played was this game, Smite. It's on the PC, and if you heard me talk in past weeks, I don't play the PC very often because I'm bad with keyboard and mouse. But my friends are playing this game, Smite, and they talk about it at work all day, so I was like, fine, I'll play it. It's a MOBA. So I also talked about it in the past that I don't like MOBAs, uh, especially click-to-move ones. Thankfully, this isn't click-to-move. So the camera set, instead of it being like a top-down, it's kind of like behind you, almost like it, like, like it is an infamous and it's the same concept like it's a you have the towers you want to destroy the towers get into the other team's base and destroy their titan the cool part is everybody plays as a god um so all of the greek gods and i'm pretty sure they made up some new ones but i play as thor because he's free he was one of the free characters and i got into playing with him and like one of my friends plays odin but one of my friends also plays apollo um Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of now of all the different gods, um, Ares, um, anyone that you could think of. Like there's the god of wine and uh, the god of um, – mm-hmm. well, Apollo is the god of music. but um, Yeah, I haven't thought about who's the god of what in a long yeah. time. If you read Wonder Woman, they go through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, god of war. Yeah. Um, so there's all <laughs> these characters to play as and they all play – you know, uh, differently, and you could uh, uh, build up, you know, your character as you see fit. Um, it's not like it's not as easy to jump into as Awesome Knots, but it's a lot of fun anyway. Because there's there's a couple different modes. Like you could do the conquest mode, which is like the standard get to the other team's base, destroy their Titan. I am god awful at that. I am so bad. Mm-hmm. But then there's other modes where it's like arena, and what what's happening is everybody runs into the middle. And uh, you start with like I forget what it is like let's say it's 500, 500 tickets, and there's portals at the end of the arena where your base is. And what you, the point is, if you kill another player, tickets come off. And there's all these NPCs, uh, like which are like worshippers, and what they're trying to do is like run towards the portals. And as they go in, hmm. uh, more tickets come off. So okay. it's kind of like a team deathmatch. And that to me is the best, like the best. We we just keep playing that, and everybody builds their gods in different ways, and you're just really fighting other people. Is it like, free? Uh, yeah, it's completely free to play. It's not even in beta anymore. It's just like you can go download this right hmm. now. Uh, I haven't put a cent into it, and I've put maybe like three hours, maybe a little bit more into it. 
playing with some friends, and I can already buy other like another character if I wanted to. Where'd but you uh, Where'd you hear about this? My friends at work, like they're like I've mentioned in the past, they're big into PC gaming and mm-hmm. they like MOBAs. Um, one of them really likes click to move, the other one doesn't. Okay. And now the one that really did like click to move can't imagine going back to it. So, like I said, I, I haven't put a lot of time into it, maybe like three or four hours, but I'm enjoying it. And if MOBAs are your thing, then this is definitely worth checking out. All right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us about your infamous experience? You beat the game? You have anything you want, like anything nah, I think monumental? Y- 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 you guys. We've already covered. We've already yeah. talked infamous to death. Exactly. I got to say, I am going through the, the good karma playthrough. I've gotten maybe like three or four missions under my belt, and I'm already like thinking about other games when I'm playing it. I uh, I decided to take a break from it. I was gonna. Yeah, I just think that's dive, what I need to do. I was gonna dive back in, but yeah, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it sit for a little while, and then when I'm like, I don't have anything else to play because there's a lot of other stuff I want to play yeah. right now, and I'll go back into it then, and it will feel more fresh. Yeah. When I when I beat it, the first thing I wanted to do was play it again. Like I was really pumped. I was like, ah, you know, I loved, I loved the final moments of the bad karma playthrough. I thought it was really that part was really well done. Um, and then, of course, we talked about it on the show a few times and talking about the end boss battle and you know just a couple of hiccups with the game about uh, one of the things that I never really paid attention to while playing that I never realized bothered me as much as it does is having to leave the fight to go and suck up more powers that. I, until you guys said that, it didn't even bother me. Now it bothers me a lot. Well, it's harder to play on. Um, I, I'll say like the heroic difficulty because yeah. if you're playing evil, at least in the past other games, it was like I'm just gonna wreck everything. Like right. I'll just do damage to everything. I don't care about how my karma goes. If you're playing on good karma, you have to like. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I screwed myself by to, doing it the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I I pretty much stuck with neon until they made me switch to something else like, right there were battles that you had to use smoke well, neon was use. like to get around the city i mean that was the way to do it oh just just either way i was just so fine-tuned with you know pinpointing everyone's weak spot tying them up and yeah. you know just just getting around that i mm. i didn't need anything else yeah i just don't find the i don't find the good karma playthrough to be as satisfying story-wise like, well, I, like I said last time, I just I've seen I've seen the hero role so many times. Oh yeah, well, I'm I'm glad that I did the hero first, then yeah, so that too. I'll get you know the more enjoyable one leader. So do you are you you're, but you enjoyed it. You're glad you played it. You had oh, fun with definitely, it. definitely. It's it's such a perfect and I hate saying tech demo of of the PS4's you know power, but right but that. You know that that's what it is on top of being a good game. Yeah, it's a good presentation of what the system's capable of doing. And this Very is just, so. the great thing is that this is just the start. Yes, like it this is. is technically a launch game. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the floor. Yeah, where are we gonna go from here? Yeah, to infinity and beyond. I, I love you tonight. Mm-hmm. You do, don't you? Let's talk about this. All right. Yeah. This yeah. You know what? I don't know. I don't know Jack. This. So I took a nap today, <laughs> and I missed. <laughs> I did. I was tired. Well, so uh, the one quick. I, we'll talk about it really quickly. Um, but they announced a a new Borderlands, and I know you like Borderlands. I love Borderlands, especially love Borderlands too. Yep. I cracked out. I loved. You know what I loved? The arenas, mm-hmm. the Borderlands arenas, where mm-hmm. it was like you know five rounds of just enemies after enemies. I loved that. Two players, Brendan and I playing that. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, so tell me about this new one. All right, I'll jump in. 
so we heard about this maybe like three days ago that there was a, uh, a new Borderlands coming. Shit, that so took a long nap. It turns out it was a prequel that they, <laughs> they really they they announced fully today. It had leaked a little bit early. Okay. Um, so it's uh, during the announcement, Gearbox is in conjuncture with I think it's Two K Australia, and it's called the pre sequel. Uh, so if you played Borderlands and you ever looked up at that big moon, uh, the H moon, the, yeah. the Hyperion base, yeah. that's where this game is going to be taking place, on the moon. Sweet. And you play from villain, the villain's perspective. Ah, I like it already. Yes. So you're actually going to be working under Handsome Jack. So he's back. Oh, that guy's such an asshole. Yeah. And the thing is... But was he really... Ooh, yeah. find out in the pre-sequel. <laughs> you know, there the we thing go. Is, in the beginning of Borderlands uh, 2, he thinks that he's the hero of his own story here. And we're going to, supposedly we're going to be diving more into that. And the four players that you can play as, I'm going to read them. Uh, they're all, save for one, in the last one I'll read, they were all people you fought or came across in Borderlands 2. Is this spoiler territory? Do we want to know? No, no, no. It's not, okay. not, not going to go into spoilers. So okay. you could play as Athena. Uh, she was in um, the General Knox DLC. She's a gladiator. Okay. Uh, an enforcer, Wilhelm. He was, uh, I think, one of the bosses in two. Uh, Nisha, who was the sheriff in one of the towns that you went into. Yeah, okay. And the last one is, you get to play as Claptrap, yes. the frag trap. That's... He's a murderous robot. Oh, my God. So it's going to be, like, I think what they so said. So it's all new characters. All new characters. Oh, all new it. story. But it's, it, it takes place in between one and two. So you're getting the villain's perspective, and you're learning kind of, like, where handsome Jack comes from, because you know they want to continue to use this character. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a good way to do it. And this is the same same people that did Borderlands one and two. It's not. It's not. The thing is, they're working in conjunction with Gearbox. So it's two K Australia. So at uh, I think Randy Pitchford is the head of uh, Gearbox. He mm-hmm. was there for the announcement today. So they're working together, but it's going to be two K who's running the show on this. Two K Australia. Rob, what's up? And it's it's last gen. Yes. It's 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 PS3, it's Xbox a, 360. And the Correct. reason that they're doing that, Ooh. the reason that they're doing that is because they didn't they wanted to not have to worry about splitting the the dev team up for two different consoles. They wanted to focus okay. on where their core audience is and their core audience right now is on mm. last gen. Now the thing is mm. because like this yep. is like an Arkham uh, an Arkham Origins thing to me where Origins came out, but what was Rocksteady doing the whole time? They're doing they were doing Arkham Knight for the next gen. So what's Gearbox doing right now? Now, a couple months ago, uh, Pitchford said that they... <laughs> I wonder. Gearbox 3 was not in development yet. That they didn't they didn't want to rush into it because they didn't want to make it a so-so experience. They, they, they wanted to take it to the next level, not just retread where they've already been. So right. who knows if that was just him well, I stalling, mean, but... You also don't want to have to start with a whole... I mean, if you only released your Borderlands game on next-gen, as much as I would love to see a next-gen Borderlands... Oh, it's coming. They've already said that they're going to make it. It's just they they didn't know when it was going to be coming. It's called Destiny. That's... (laughs) No, 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 no. But... I I can't. That's a game. That's September, right? Yeah, September, I think, 9th. I can't. See, that's that's a game that I kind of want to play on the Xbox One. That's something. Why, why are you looking at me like that? I'm just wondering why. 
Um, it feels like something you would play on a Microsoft system. I don't know if I can really explain it beyond that. I'm a little strange in my preferences. Mm-hmm. Agree with me. No. <laughs> I don't know. It feels Microsofty to me. I don't know. Can well, we move on? I'm not making any sense. Well, we'll see because uh, you you have your PS4. Uh, if you download, if, even if you pre-ordered it and then canceled your pre-order later, you're going to get into the beta, and the mm. beta comes out first on PS4. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you have you have your PS4. I think I'm just looking for excuses to get an Xbox One. There's other games, even though there this. even though there isn't any. You know that's exactly what it is because you've been talking about it all day. I know. <laughs> so. I think like three times in this podcast, you're like, I think I'm going to get an Xbox. I'm one. in denial of my own my own suggestion and goal. Mm. This is my this is me, Rob. This is part of my life. So, mm-hmm. Rob, do you remember? Uh, did did it say when we could expect this Borderlands game? Uh, no, uh, not that I checking. remember. No idea. The f- well, it's definitely in the future sometime. Give me a second. <laughs> I'll let you guys know. Vamp for a second. Okay. Uh, it's going to come out. See, not now. I love Borderlands too, but my Borderlands two story ended kind of quick i beat the game oh. once i went through it with another character and then that mother effing virus yeah. spread that was deleting everyone's saved game and it, it and hit that hit me, you right and never again i was like f that i put so much time into this and i'm, I'm not going back so maybe one day with all the you know dlc and stuff i'll that's super harsh yeah i'll Get it for the Vita. No release date yet. Nothing yet? No. All right, so we'll keep you guys TBA. updated. We're, uh, I'm super excited about that. Next gen or not, I, I love me some Borderlands. Bring yeah. it on. More Borderlands is always good stuff. Hell yeah. All right, so talked a lot about uh, things we played this week, unless there's anything anybody else wants to bring up. Um, was going to talk about Mercenary Kings, but not a whole lot to say about it. It's a lot of fun building my character. Um, it's just challenging enough to be a lot of fun and not be super frustrating and uh i like the borderlandsy collect the stuff make your new weapon except it's very slow to get new stuff they make you play a lot before you get to do that stuff yeah but that's fine with the amount of ranks and the amount of missions per rank yeah there's a bunch of ranks i'm only on like the third or fourth rank right now Uh uh-huh and then plus it's just awesome playing with with your friends yeah well we played with hugh that mm-hmm. night online that was fun oh i had a hell of a time yeah all right so let's do a little topic of the week this past saturday was international tabletop day so we thought in the spirit of this nerdiest of days that we would spend a little time talking about our past histories involving tabletop gaming and one of the things that i want to establish before we go any further is where do we draw the line on tabletop games? Are we including board games, yes or no? Where do you play board games? You play them on a table. Wow. Or in the park. No, I I mean, I think in the spirit of the day, it, it's more of getting with friends and, and playing, mm-hmm. you know, board games. Right. Tabletop games. So, I mean, I'm sure we're going to throw classic board games out there, but... Right. Well, Justin... Have you played? Have you played some board games? Have you played Monopoly? Yeah, sure. I played Monopoly. All right, then, ah. you, then you've played a tabletop. Game. Yay! But as far as all the other tabletop games that you're thinking of, I am. So what? What? What is? Version. What has kept you from playing something like, let's say, Dungeons and Dragons? Just never had the exposure. Never had the exposure. None of my friends were uh, ever into it. Um, mm-hmm. My exposure to Dungeons and Dragons is the community episode of it. Wow. 
Uh, Nothing wrong with that. I've seen it. It is it, in our community. It's huge. When I go to PAX, there are tables and tables and tables and tables yeah. of all different tabletop games being played. If you're, I'm waiting online for uh, you know to to play a game, you could be there for an hour or so or more, and everybody around me is throwing down cards everywhere. It is. I know it's huge. It's just one of those things that just out somehow passed me by. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, I I've played uh, not a lot of D and D, but mm-hmm. I have I have like a on again off again relationship with it. I uh, my first D and D experience was actually in the seventh grade, and uh, I hung out with this uh, group of assholes in junior high. I didn't like them. I can say it now. It's been a couple of years. They were a bunch of dicks. I was kind of the runt of the litter if you will. And, uh, they like to pick on me a lot, put stuff on me when I was sleeping. I woke up one time with a banana in my ear, oh, sugar, sugar all over my face, a banana in your tailpipe. No, not in my tailpipe, in oh. my ear. If it was in my tailpipe, um, there would have been some, uh, some words. Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, they just, uh, they were not a good group. They were kind of like the, the angry freaks of the school. And, uh, but anyway, they were all I had at the time. And uh, one of the things we would do after school is go uh, to this guy's house and we would play D&D. And the first time that he told me about the game, I said, well, what do I have to know? What do I have to do to play? And he goes, well, the way that we play is, you know, if you have to do something in the game, you need to be able to do it physically. And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, if you have to, you know, jump a ravine, you're going to have to physically do the jump. I have to see you do the jump. And I never, I never what, heard what you doing, right. Cause they were fucking with me. Yes. They were totally fucking with me and I didn't know any better cause I never played. Oh so I'm like, you know, all right, I, I get into that. I can do that. And so, uh, we used to stay at this guy's house all the time. Like it was one of those houses where, you know, everybody could sleep over eight, nine people and there was enough room and nobody, you know, the mom didn't care. His mom was awesome. She was a really, really cool lady. Uh, always ordering pizzas and, you know, we watched a lot of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and a bunch of kids in the hall and stuff like that. And uh, so the first time we played, I had rolled my character, never played before, and was playing with a group of people that, you know, they're supposed to be my friends, but they, like, Steve's actually going to play D&D, let's gang up on him, let's steal his shit, let's, you know, stab him in the gut, blah, blah, blah. So the DM, the guy that, that it was his house, he knew he kind of wanted to give me an edge up and he knew that these these guys were kind of out for me to, you know, teach me the harsh lesson of D&D uh, in my first try to kind of discourage me from it. And we fought these banshees inside of like an empty saloon or an empty bar or something like that. And it just so happened that I rolled the right numbers to defeat like four or five of these things. It just happened that way. And the DM bumped me up level wise so that I was like way beyond everyone in my party. So all of a sudden through this one encounter that they all ran from and I stayed and beat them that all of a sudden I was the highest ranking character among everyone in the room and they got super pissed. So, but I led the charge and actually won the game. So until they made you really jump a ravine and well, you broke your neck. There was this guy, Tom. That was playing with us. He didn't break his neck, but what he did do was he jumped from the roof into like a a stick of bushes below. And the whole deal was that if he didn't land on his feet, 
that he had his character had to shave his head because he was like he had like some kind of like ceremonial ponytail thing going on. So he jumped off the roof, didn't land correctly. His his like palms touched the ground, and I had to leave. My mom came to pick me up. The next day I came into uh, came into school and they had shaved his head that night. So he walked in the next day into school with a shaved head. Wow. Yeah, like I said, assholes. That that's one of the worst stories I've ever heard. It's terrible. <laughs> I hope they hear this. Okay. <laughs> we'll, they we'll won't. T- t- <laughs> but anyway. I'll look them up and tweet the link. Oh, I got all their names. Nice. Still remember them. They're okay. ingrained in there. So what up, what's up with uh, with you, Rob? What do you? Where are you at on tabletop stuff? Uh, well, I love tabletop gaming. Um, you know, just, just putting the imagination into everything. Uh, D&D, actually, I only started playing D&D about six or seven years ago. Uh, it was when... I finally sat down and and found a group uh, willing enough to to take in a newbie, and uh, I I like it. You know, you have a good imagination. You need minimal uh, minimal items to play, and you know it, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think back back in the day, there was this game called uh, Crossbows and Catapults. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> you used to get like these little Lego-like blocks and build your own castle and mm-hmm. the other guy would yes. have a catapult yes. and he would yes. you know, have to I try totally and knock remember down. This now. Oh my God. I used to play that all the time. And that, that was like probably one of the first yeah. crossover I, games. I that, played that. Fantasy games. And that, I played Stratego. Strate- that, that's my hands down favorite game. I love Stratego. I yes. still have Stratego. Okay. Well, except for the effers who move their flags and bombs and oh, try that's and cheat. not right. Yeah, no, Damn you got to put, you got to stake your claim. You got to stick to it. Those exactly. are the rules. Have you ever played Stratego? I haven't. Oh, uh, Stratego, some good stuff. You have to. You have. You have a. Is this an actual board game? Yeah, this is a board that, game. That's a, well, the, it was on the PlayStation, so it counts as a video game too. Oh, look okay, at that. Um, it's old school. Is it Parker Brothers? Yeah. Okay, so it's Parker Brothers, and you have all these. You have a board with you know two pieces of land, two players, and uh, these tiny little castles or towers. And each tower has either a soldier with a uh, like a rank, a number that they that they're assigned to their power level, basically. And then um, there are bomb towers as well. You have a king character that you need to, or your flag, and you need to place it somewhere on the board you want to place it somewhere different every time so the other player doesn't know because they're they're your pieces are not like they're face down if you will okay. they can't the other player can't see your numbers okay. can't see where anybody is so you take turns moving forward through uh through the board and when you clash when your two pieces meet you have to turn your piece uh around and reveal your number so either if it's a bomb and it's a soldier, the other person picked soldier and you had a bomb, bomb automatically kills soldier. Uh, if you wind up with two soldiers, you have to turn your piece around. They turn their their piece around. Whoever has the higher ranking number wins that battle. It sounds interesting. It is extraordinary. I mean, it's right in the name, Stratego. It's very strategic. Uh, it's super, super simple. You could teach somebody to play it in like 30 seconds flat. Um and you can get very psychological and tricky with it because you can make people believe that your flag is in one spot by kind of protecting an, an area when it's totally in another spot. 
And so while you're not guarding that other thing so much, you're moving forward and inching forward looking for their shit, you, you can totally dominate the game that way. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. It is, yeah. But in terms of more of like, let's say, traditional tabletop games, mm-hmm. uh, Settlers of Catan, have you played that? I have not. That game has always intimidated the crap out of me. Oh, it's it looks easy. huge. It's easy. Huge. Uh, Settlers of Catan, Munchkin. Oh, I love. I was actually going to bring Munchkin up. Uh-huh. Uh, zombie dice. Zombie dice and Cthulhu dice and Cthulhu dice. If that that's something we have to bring over. I and... said that to Bob this morning when we were in the comic shop. We were talking about it. Uh-huh. And um, just show Justin. That's a game you could learn to play in two seconds, and mm-hmm. a game that takes maybe four or five minutes to play. Yeah, and uh, it's it's fun. Do you guys ever go to the places that you know? Um, they host board, uh, tabletop games like Brothers Grimm, like the brother, yeah, Brothers Grimm. Yeah, I've, we have. Yeah, I've I've never I've never actually I've seen things being played like events going on, but I've never been a part of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I used to have a, a magic addiction. Uh, I used to blow so much money on cards. Never so, never played a card game in my life. Oh, I love it, love it. Mm. So finally, I cut myself off probably about like six or seven sets ago. So. Uh, I went cold turkey, but I used to go play in tournaments and stuff. Uh, I, yeah, I love it. You would really <laughs> like coming to PAX then. Oh, I know. I've, I've, I've seen it all. Hmm. Yeah. I, um, oh, man, now I'm thinking about zombie dice. I got to get some of that. We'll play it. I, mm, no, I had it in my other car. Yeah, no, I still have to go out to his car now and be like, let's just go right now. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, um, I carry it in my car, but when I cleaned out my old car, I yeah. I left it in my in my place. Um, I was over at my friend Brendan's the other night. I was playing with uh, his sister and uh, sister's boyfriend, mm-hmm. Mike, a uh, tabletop game called Boss Monster. Uh-huh. And uh, Boss Monster is essentially, it's a card-based game where you're dealt a boss. Everybody's dealt a boss. And it does, you know, it's a Gorgon or it's a Griffin or it's a giant or whatever. And that is your boss for your dungeon. And you pick out trap cards and monster cards. And you basically you get to build five rooms with traps and monsters in them. You try to get, you know, the cleverest traps or the conditions of that card uh, benefit the rest of your build. And what will happen is depending on like there's symbols at the bottom there's one for cleric there's one for thief there's one for warrior uh mage so on and so forth uh whoever used the cards that has the most of that one symbol there's travelers that are in the middle of the board they will come into your dungeon because they're they're attracted to the treasures that you have within your dungeon and the idea is to build your rooms to the point where you diminish their health before they reach your boss uh, if you collect 10 souls, you win. If you get uh, wounded, I believe it's five times, you die. Mm-hmm. So, and the game, the game. Um, I only played one round of it, but it was pretty cool. Uh, I was a little, I, I always give them a hard time about getting into new games, especially uh, card-based ones, because generally I just, I don't want to learn, which is something that I'm going to need to get over if we're going to do this podcast, and I'm going to have to learn how to play other games and just roll with it and be cool. So uh, I ended up having a really good time in the end with it. I would like to, now that I know how to play, I would mm-hmm. like to play it again and kind of strategize better. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's almost like a card-based version of, you remember the games, like the Deception games uh, for the regular PlayStation 
or even uh, Orcs Must Die, where oh, yeah. you know you just set up traps and people come in and. What was that game that had the the VHS that you watched the VHS as you played the board game? Like you watched it with your family. Oh my god! There was like well, there, there was a lot of them. Yeah, it was like some spooky old guy that would narrate the whole thing. Uh, if anybody's listening to this podcast and you guys remember the name of that. Please uh, tweet us or, or write to us or something and tell us what the name of that was. I used to have that. <laughs> I'm, right. not, I'm not going to Google it. So let me ask you. Let me ask else. you a question. Mm. Um, what is? Do you think? Do you think that the what the immersion level of tabletop games, as opposed to something like video games, do you get just as much immersion and excitement out of playing tabletop games as you do as video games, or do you find that there's a noticeable, like a marked difference. Uh, for me, I I probably get more invested in in video games. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, something like D and D. Obviously, you have to have. Well, you don't have to have, but it it helps to have an imagination to to bring yourself into that world. Whereas with the video games, they're they're built for you, and right. you know you're you're in the head of that character. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little easier that way to, yeah. to get the, the full experience. Um, I find for myself that I get a little bit more involved story wise in tabletop gaming, like something like D and D when there's a story that someone's created and they've built it and there's, you know, specific parameters and plans like searching a tower and, you know, you got to look behind this thing and did you do this and did you do that? There's so much nuance and so many different things that you can do that it really pulls me into the environment and the atmosphere. Um, I think for obviously for visual components, video games do suck me in as far as getting involved in the game, feeling like I'm actively participating because as much as I play D&D and roll the dice and stuff, I still feel like no matter what I do, it all amounts to the the roll. Mm. And I have traditionally have shitty luck with rolling. I, I I can't roll numbers. I roll great character numbers. Soon as you throw me into a story, I'm garbage. So And and with something like that, you have to have a good group because there are times where I've I've played an array of games, you know, not just D and D. And every once in a while, it'll be someone's turn and they're like on the phone or, or checking Twitter or something. And that pisses me off. Yeah. Pisses me off. So, so that, that's, that's why I prefer, you know, a video game. The phone of tweeting. <laughs> so I can see that being annoying. It, yeah. Well, it, 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 it slows the game down. For a game that's already so huge and really needs everybody to focus and participate. Uh, I'm not even talking about Dungeons & Dragons, though. Even like... Uh, a munchkin type game or, or a zombie dice, you know, if it's your turn, be mm-hmm. ready and go. Um, Justin, let me ask you this. Now that uh, we've talked a little bit about tabletop stuff, is it just because you haven't been exposed? Would you be up to playing some stuff? I'll try anything. What if I told you that just days ago, uh, we reopened all of our D and D stuff and we're actually rolling characters and in about yeah, maybe three weeks, we're actually going to start a campaign. Would I'll, you play? I'll try. I'll jump in and give it an, uh, give it a shot. Like I said, like I, I know it's a big part of, I'm just going to say the word, like geek culture. You can say it. It's okay. We all know. <laughs> so I, it's just like one of those things that I never got into. Like it's not that I, I, I never wanted to. Uh, I see people enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So I'd, 
I'll definitely give it a shot. I would, I mean, before we go straight D&D, I would definitely start you off with something like Zombie Dice or quite possibly uh, like Munchkin. Something like Munchkin would be fun. I have tons of those. I have at least like five or six different versions of that game. Okay. Uh, and you can mix and match the decks, which is a lot of fun. Sign so I'll give it a shot. Meh. All right. So you're taking a trip to Boston. Yes. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you're going to be doing in the next couple of days, you lucky bastard? So my <laughs> good friend and me, uh, we love games. We talk about games while we're at work. Uh, that's why I always wanted to do a podcast about games because the two guys I work with, we just sit there and we talk about whatever news or what we're playing. How do you like it? How do you build your characters? What do you think of this ending? And I realize that's a lot of fun. So when you asked me to be a part of this, I was all for it. So what we do is uh, we've been going to PAX East, uh, PAX East in Boston, which is the Penny Arcade Expo. It is the only gaming convention on the East Coast. Uh, there's a few different PAXs. PAX Prime, uh, which is in Seattle, which we're going to try and go to this summer. Uh, PAX Australia. There's rumors of a, a Midwest PAX and uh, PAX East. So PAX East has been going on, let's say, four years. Would you really go to all of them? I wouldn't go to all of them. Australia, okay. no. no way. No, like I, I like Australian people, but I don't like funnel spiders. Oh, mm. uh, there's uh, there's a terrific um, little thing online where uh, if you look up uh, neighbor, uh, best conversation between neighbors ever, uh, and just like Ed in the world Australia, and mm. it's these two uh, neighbors arguing about a floodlight, but one of them is from Australia. It's the funniest thing, probably the funniest thing I've ever read online. Uh, so when we're done tonight, I'm going to show you. But no, I would go to Prime in Seattle in a heartbeat. Uh, it's longer, and mm. it's the biggest one. Seattle's beautiful. So what do you do at something like PAX East? Because I know about going to Comic-Con, but I've never been to a gaming thing before. Do you actually get hands-on? Oh, yes. So here's what here's what will happen. We're going to leave my house at midnight. We're going to drive straight to Boston, and we'll get there probably around 5. Okay. Get out of the car, get a drink, go wait online outside. Uh, outside of the Boston Convention Center, and you have to wait outside, and it's this time of year. Uh, it's always around late March, early April, and it's usually freezing in Boston. So we wait outside. We get inside just to wait on another queue line for two hours because the showroom oh. floor doesn't open till 10, but you want to be at the front of that queue line because y you're going to see everything in front of you. They're going to give you a map of what's where. And then it is the mad dash. You're gonna to get map to. out your battle plan. Yeah, we already have our battle plan. I'm going to see evolve first thing. Yeah. So uh, what will happen is you'll uh, you'll run to whatever you want to do, and you'll get to go hands on with it. Not everything is hands on. Like uh, they had uh, <laughs> they had watchdogs there last year. That wasn't hands on. That I was like uh, that was like more like a, a watch this video. But there's stuff everywhere there's there's tons of stuff there's pc stuff there's console stuff uh sony sucks at this they never really have a presence there like yeah there'll be ps4 games there but sony themselves isn't like presenting there ah weak sauce microsoft always does and nintendo had always except for they're not doing it this year uh, but they, they'll have their stuff out there anyway they just don't have an official presence there okay uh so it's a lot of waiting so you like you know Whatever you're done with first, yes, congratulations, you've done that first. Anything else is going to have a wait. Most of the waits average between an hour and two hours. Some oh, my stuff, God. Yeah, I, no. I can't do it. No. You can. No. Here's no. why. Here's why. Done. Do you like sitting reading comics? Of course you do. 
You just sit there and you read comics while you're waiting online. Mm. And the best part is there's always stuff to look at while you're doing it. Like if you're sitting there waiting online, there's cosplay walking around all over the place. You're at, you're able to watch like if you're at the booth for Evolve, you could like look over at the booth for Borderlands mm-hmm. and see what's going on over there. So yeah, like it's not like Comic-Con. There is waiting involved. If you're prepared for it, it's not that bad. You bring, I hate waiting. Bring a book, listen to music, talk to your friend, see what's going on. It's not that – like for me – I, I I love it. I love just being in that atmosphere, mm-hmm. surrounded by the stuff that I'm. I love. What's the crowd capacity for something like this? It's not like Comic Con. It's not. It it's crowded, but not to the point where you can't move. Hmm. But at the same time, where it's like the big games are going to be the ones where you have lines. They have this. A lot of this. Uh, this convention is about indies. So there'll be indies that you could just walk up and play, and you'll be talking to the developer as you play them. Like when uh, Castle Crashers came out, the behemoth always has a big presence there. And, and they have arcade machines, huge arcade machines playing uh, Battle Block Theater. If you listen to The Misfits, Stephanie was talking about Battle Block Theater a few weeks ago. Yeah. A really fun game. Still haven't played it yet. Oh, it's so fun. So ridiculous. And you like cats. So this should be at like the top of your Love list. Cats. Uh, so not everything has a long line. Like some, some stuff, yeah, you might have to wait 20 minutes for some stuff. You might have to wait two hours for, but the thing is like, I got to play <laughs> Rob's the, sitting here shaking his head. I got to play the elder yeah, scrolls no, no. last year, a year before you play? Uh, the elder scrolls online. Elder scrolls. Okay. Okay. So I went, I, I went there on Friday. We saw, we, we, we laid out our battle plan for Saturday, Saturday. You want to play the elder scrolls? That's a four hour wait. Wow. No, no problem. We'll just get there early on Saturday, and that's the first thing we went for, and we waited for 20 minutes. So if you if you plan out what you want to do, the big stuff should be the, the first thing that you go to right in the morning. Mm. Your Evolves. Your so it's like Elder going to Scrolls. Disneyland and wanting to ride Space Mountain. Yeah, right you want to go to the thing that you know is going to have the biggest line. Borderlands had like a five-hour line once. Borderlands <sighs> 2. And they cut the line off. So we were like – You couldn't pay me. We waited until Sunday, and we walked in. We, we ran right there. We walked right up, and we played it. Should be very interesting to see if uh, down the road we get the opportunity to get invited to one of these things. Uh, how I choose to roll with uh, with those because I am I don't mind like chilling and 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 waiting and having like you said like pick up some comics and stuff like that. It's the staying in one place for that long a period of time around that many people. Like contrary to the whole podcasting personality thing, I am. I, I do not do well in crowds. You did well. In, you do well for Comic Con, though, right? <laughs> because I have, first of all, I have friends there. Yeah. I need. I. I. I need an anchor. If I have an anchor, I'm fine. It's like when I go to a concert, I have the music to to keep my focus. But if you drop me in the middle of several thousands of people with a very very finite period of time, especially people I don't know, mm-hmm. it's easier at Comic Con because. You know, there's at least like personalities, and we're all there more or less for the same reason. So there's a little bit more comfort in that. But um, I'm very protective of getting sick. I, I I don't traditionally get sick. I've been sick in the past for many years. I don't get sick now. Um, I did not get con flu at the last New York City Comic Con. Very proud of myself I've never, for that. I've never come home sick from one of these things. I the year before Comic Con, I was dying for like two, two weeks two years ago we all got sick yeah that well yeah the the plague was brought to us as soon as the adrenaline wore out uh-huh. it was like i got hit by a thousand trucks yeah. but last year was like vitamin c dude i felt better belief. on day four than i did at the end of day one uh-huh. here's a good way to think of this 
Imagine if you went to Comic-Con, and at Comic-Con they announced stuff, and before you left, you got to read it. So say, like, whatever the big Avengers storyline is six months from now. Mm. What if you got to read it before you left? That's why PAX is so cool. That is like, cool. I'm playing games that are not coming out for a while. Like, I'm going to play Evolve, and Evolve's not coming out until the fall. Right. So now I'm going to get to come home and talk to my friends and be like, this game is where we're going to be at. You got to talk to us, too. And I'm going to talk to everybody. Like, if you follow me on Twitter... Um, I'm going to be tweeting a lot from the show about the things that I'm seeing, and I'll be hashtagging, you know, packs and, and mentioning uh, and bringing in the show. Um, oh, their reception there is god awful. So it might mm. just be all at once when I walk out of the building. But remind me to give you uh, our login information. Oh, so good. That you can yeah. uh, you can do it like that if uh, you want. Two yeah, choice. I'll do it. Um, but if you if you like games and you live on the East Coast or you live near one of these things that you know, um, one of these places that have these conventions. Go for it. They're a lot of they're they're fun. You get to try stuff that's not coming out for months, and you get to see things that try things you may not have tried otherwise. Mm-hmm. All right. So, well, I hope you have an awesome time, man. I cannot wait. I hope you got to play some good games and come back with uh, some mm-hmm. good stories. Yeah, next and, week. Uh, next week when we record the show, I'll be I'll uh, be talking about everything that I got. I saw. When you got uh, to play? When you leaving? I leave Friday morning midnight. And uh, it's not like two. It's I'll from two. Friday. It's from what Saturday till. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This year, we're only doing Friday and Saturday. We tried to save a little bit of money okay. to go to the Seattle one, which is going to be so expensive, but so worth it. <laughs> awesome. Traveling, man. I know. Man, you're dedicated. I am super dedicated to this stuff. That's awesome. All right. So, yeah. So, Justin's going to PAX East. We'll uh, we'll keep you guys close to that. We'll talk to him when he gets back and be jealous of him for all the great games that he got to play and see. I, I won't brag about it too much. Yeah, you will. Yeah, I'm we want you. I'm to. definitely. Going I want to. you to brag about. I it. am so excited for Evolve. Like I, when that game was revealed a couple months ago, and I sent you the uh, before this was even I an idea. Yeah. And I sent you. I was like, watch this. This looks amazing. Yeah. I am so excited to play that game. All right. Well, I'm happy for you, man. I'm really. Uh, I can't wait to hear about it. It's awesome. So uh, let's do some emails and some comments and questions. Uh, we're gonna go to Facebook. Really quick, uh, if you guys want to leave us a question or a message on Facebook, long form, short form, anything you want to do, uh, for the time being, you can go to the Talking Comics uh, Facebook page. That's uh, facebook.com slash Talking Comics. And just, you know, tell them that you did question for Talking Games and go ahead and, you know, leave your stuff. This one is from David Spear on Facebook. He wants to know, uh, you guys have me really interested in the Dark Souls games. Do you think it's safe to start with Dark Souls 2 or should I start with the first one? Uh, I will go first. I don't think that there is anything that you need to worry about uh, as far as diving into Dark Souls 2. You can pick up Dark Souls 2, start from there, and you will be 110% fine. There's... Mm -hmm. You know, you Dark Souls 2 is just it's another another iteration of an already amazing franchise uh, and just does a lot, a couple of new things with it. But uh, it's also Dark Souls 2. If this is your first time getting into Dark Souls, it's I don't want to say that it's the most forgiving of the three because it certainly isn't. But I do think that it's the most um, what's the word I'm looking for? friendly to new players yeah yeah definitely yeah um i mean because dark souls friendly to new players 
without almost being friendly though. Yes. You know, it's 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 really well, it's, not super friendly. It's just the friendliest of the three. Right. It's Dark Souls, it's supposedly never very friendly. No. Uh-huh. But if you're looking for, I guess, from yeah. what you guys have said, yeah. mm-hmm. the most friendly of all these unfriendly games, this yeah. would be it. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. If you if you're thinking up about picking it up, I think everybody here we can't recommend enough that you do. It's one of those games that once you do get the hang of it, once you do explore a little bit, and you start to get the the gameplay and the mechanics and learn how to move, and you know, watching your stamina bar and stuff like that, and not taking too many risks because you'll wind up dead every time. Uh, it's a game that creates stories. And probably my favorite aspect of it is that everybody's story is different when playing Dark Souls. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was my it was my first Dark Souls, and I had no problem jumping right in. Mm-hmm. Justin, are you still thinking about playing Dark Souls? I will try it eventually. I will try it. Um, there's too much to play right now for me to jump into a game that I'm not like a hundred percent going to be looking forward to playing. Yeah, but. I will definitely get around and eventually, like when you guys are maybe done with your copies, maybe I'll just borrow it and give it a shot. Yeah. But you know, you've talked about it enough to where it's like it's piqued my interest. It's just I know I'm I'm gonna bash my head against the wall. I just it's, yeah. Those You're type of games, those type of games in me don't really agree with each other very much. We kind of hate each other, but I I will play it. Yeah. Who looks forward to frustrating the living shit out of themselves? It's like knowing that you're about to sit down to watch a depressing movie. You know, you just, you have to be in that mode. Otherwise you want nothing to do with it. Yeah. I want to have fun right now. I don't, I don't want to be upset. I'll say, I'll, I'm going to, I probably will save it for the summertime when mm-hmm. there's kind of like a lull in games being released yeah. as they gear up for the fall. Yeah. I'll probably save it for them. Like I have movies sitting in my collection. I have like Into the Void and Melancholia and I'm just yeah. like, no, I don't know when I'll ever watch them. They've been sitting there, but I hear they're good. So, so uh, all right. So yay. So we all say yay to Dark Souls 2 being your first doesn't matter pick it up if you want to experience dark souls it is currently the best way also because you'll be able to share stories with with everybody online and with your friends and tell them about it and it'll be awesome so uh moving on to some twitter questions uh matthew odinson is at dead underscore fet he wants to know do you prefer to play on a smaller screen like a pc monitor or a larger tv says i find it easier to see everything on monitors uh rob uh, I can go both ways. It it really doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't like that big of a TV though. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm more comfortable with like a 37 inch, uh, kind of m- maybe like 10 feet in between. Yeah. Uh, but then obviously with a monitor, I'm I'm gonna be a couple of feet away. Um, but but I've done it both ways. I still have, uh my 360 hooked up to a monitor, my computer monitor. So Mm. all right, both ways. doesn't bother me. Okay. What about you, Justin? I would prefer TV. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm still really new to PC gaming. Um, My TV has to be a certain size as well. Um, I had a 42 inch. um, And when I was upgrading, I I got this TV that I'm looking at right in front of me right now. How big is this one? This is 55. Mm. Um, and for the first couple of weeks, it kind of tripped me out a little <laughs> bit too big, like 60, 60, something, 60 plus is just too big for me. Like I, I can't, I, I wouldn't want something that big. No, I, I don't, I, like I don't want to have to back fo- so far. I don't want to have to focus, like actually have to like really look around in two different, uh, right. too many different spots. 
I found like this is probably my like where I could stop. Right. Like I I kind of like playing, your limit. Yeah, I kind of like playing close to the TV. I don't like sitting back too far. Yeah. So uh, I'm probably what like five or six feet away. You're probably, a good. Yeah, you're yeah, a good thing. Yeah. Five or six feet away. And good then distance. Right. It, I I like it to not be above me. I like it to be like eye level with me. Yeah, I'm a stickler for that too. Mm-hmm. So the way it's set up for right now is perfect for me, but. I I always prefer TVs just because I've never really played PC gaming. Now that I'm like starting to get into it, yeah, I still prefer TV. I like to hook up my PC to the TV. Yeah, yeah. I've got um I've got a 57 inch uh, Bravia in my living room that I used to have all my systems hooked up to, but recently uh, I moved all of my gaming stuff or stuff that I'm I'm actually actively playing games on into my bedroom so that I can actually sit like in the bed and have like you know my cat chill with me and stuff like that and uh I have a 37 inch in there and from where I'm sitting it's a little bit too far away from my liking like I wish that it was maybe just 2 feet closer but um unless I drag everything forward and give myself no room to get out of the bed at the at the edge of the bed then that's not going to happen yeah like I said you're probably a good 10 feet away that yeah. that's my max. I'm the re- I'm like the recommended distance and I'm complaining about it. Oh, I know. But with with my TV, uh I'm probably 4 feet give or take. Right. Um that that's yeah, optimal. I mean, I don't mind playing stuff on monitors, but I have um I have like HD cables that reach to my television that if I want to switch like my my 57 inch in my living room is my is technically my third monitor for my my desktop, you know, my tower. So anytime that I'm sitting there and I'm just testing out a game that I bought or I'm playing on Steam or whatever, I always migrate over to the living room TV. But I don't like I don't like my seating arrangements in my living room. My couch is way too far. It's on the opposite side of the room. So that doesn't work. And the only thing that I have otherwise, I have a Papazon in my comic room, which I never use. The thing's been sitting there since I moved in like eight years ago. And um, I have a beanbag chair that I can sit in, but then I'm sitting on the floor, so I'm low to the ground with my neck craned up, which is no good. No, I can't do that. So basically, at the end of the day, I'm not 100% satisfied with either one of my situations. I might have to do some uh, some rearranging, some uh, moving of stuff. You gotta move those DVD shelves so you can put the couch. Oh, good God! Mm. I'm gonna have to do. So could you imagine if I end up moving into Bobby's place? What I'm gonna do with all of my shit? It's gonna be like mm, no. the yard sale of the century. No, I think I'm going away that week, though. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not gonna be that help. No, I don't know. no, I'm kidding. I'll lend you a hand. I'm kidding. I see. You see this? I kid. I hate moving. So I know moving. I I've moved so many terrible. times, man. I've moved so many times. Mm. It's crazy. And I got these I got these motherfucks of a stair like yes. stairs. I got crazy stairs. And Bobby's got crazy stairs too. Like windy stairs? Like where it no, makes just a turn small, or like, narrow, s- steep little uh, steps. Steep. So but uh you've already pledged your allegiance. What, what weekend was that again? Oh the, I don't, the, don't the worry. The one that we're going away. Oh, that's right. I'll let yes. you know. I'll be sure to let you know, man. It'll be great. It'll be great. I'll buy you some pizza. All right. With isn't mushrooms? that isn't that the tradition? <laughs> you buy pizza and some soda in a few beers? Whatever. We'll figure it out. Maybe I'll hire some uh, some movers. I doubt it, though. Uh, let's go to another question. Andrew Cater on Twitter, who is at Caterade. Love it. Uh, do you guys ever feel bad for trading in or buying used games? Are there any circumstances that make it more okay for you? Um, I will go first. 
I have no... Well, I can't say I have no problem. I don't have a problem trading in games so long as I feel like I'm getting a decent value for that game. It kills me when I go into a gaming retailer and I go to trade in a game that I kind of still want but want the other game more. And they're like, I've brought games in and they've quoted me like $3. And I, what? You know, like nobody, they have probably a backlog, thousands of copies of like Rock Band. No, no store needs more Rock Band, but I don't need Rock Band anymore either. Both my guitars are broken and like the phase is, is long gone. Nobody plays Rock Band anymore that I know of. Mm. Um, so, but I don't have a problem trading it in so long as it's going towards something that I really want to play. Um, do I feel bad about it? No, because I, I paid for it initially. You know, I own it. It's mine. I can do what I want with it. And uh, I'm getting something in return or at least getting money towards something. And sometimes they have those deals where if you trade in, you know, two titles and you'll get one for nine ninety nine or whatever. Or if you something well, like you're obviously talking about GameStop. I was. OK. <laughs> sometimes they. Quotes. Yeah. OK bunny ears mm. um yeah i you know they they it's a gamestop runs these deals and i took like how did i get my like my infamous i didn't i don't think i paid for it at all because i i traded in stuff towards infamous and ended up getting an extra 30 percent trading credit and so on and uh it all worked out so you mentioned before that you like to trade in stuff or that you do so what's up i do i uh that's how I I get my games for the most part is like, you know, I'll buy, maybe I'll buy one or buy two and then flip them and then get one for free. And, um, <clears throat> the only problem now is that, I mean, if you look in the news, um, there are so many studios laying people off and closing and it, it, it part of me does care. Like I, I care about this stuff. So I, you know, I don't want to help GameStop sales. I want to help the people. I, I, the developers get the money because they don't get any of that money on the on the resell. So I, I'm trying to maybe not do it as much. Um, mm-hmm. I don't hold on to my games. Like sometimes I'll maybe I'll sell them on like uh, on eBay or something as opposed to like going to GameStop and like just feeding GameStop's coffers. Yeah. But I do want to like I've been buying more games uh, at the full price because I like I do want to like good developers should be supported. If it's a game that I'm like I'm not really sure about, yeah. then I'll maybe I'll, I'll hold off and I'll buy the game from from the retailer at the discounted price as opposed to maybe just buying it used for the same price yeah. earlier. Yeah, like I want I want to help them. Like I, the, the good ones, I want to give them my money. I don't want to take money away from them. Right. So I'm like I, I'm in the middle now. I used to be completely where I don't care. I'm just gonna buy and flip. But like I can't not ignore all yeah. of these good studios that are having to close. Because their game sales don't reach where they could. Right. Yeah. I mean, it take it it takes quite a bit for me to to get rid of a game. Um, and also, I am I'm totally I'm one of these people that's guilty of having paid full price for a game like the day it comes out and never having played it and just never having like the fever for it. And I've actually traded stuff in without even playing it, which is very foolish. Uh, I did that with Dishonored. I did that with Skyrim. Yeah, what? I got into the first town in Skyrim. I was a Khajiit, and I, oh my, my friend. Why is Jackie not here? My friend, uh, now she knows this story. 
my friend Brendan was was showing me around the town, and we get there, and he's like, "All right, so this is the bar, this is the inn, this is this house, this is that house," and like seventeen establishments later, he's like, "All right, go ahead, you know, over there is your first quest," and I just said, "You know what? Forget it. It was too big." Too, too big. I mean, you want to talk about like Rob, you've mentioned often, you know, getting tired of the open world uh, stuff. Like after a while, Skyrim is the kind of thing where it is so large. I played the living crap out of Oblivion. I poured hundreds of hours into Oblivion. I don't know what it was. I don't know what changed. It's the first hour for for me anyway, with open world games, I have to force myself to play it unless it's like an infamous where I'm really looking forward to it. But Skyrim, yeah. I was like, I'm going to like this game. I've seen enough videos that like, I'm going to like it later. So I had like for, for an hour or two, I was just like, okay, yeah. like I don't know how to craft. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. And right. I eventually just got sucked in and then like never looked back. Yeah. Well, that, that for me, that's how it is with open world. Yeah. I mean, now, now that we're doing this, now that we're doing the podcast and like, it matters to have opinions on games and games that we're, we're playing and stuff. I will not be doing that any longer. Like I'm still holding on to kill zone for the PS4. I haven't played it yet. I got it as a launch title when I got my system and I just haven't popped it in yet. I played Knack and I played um, Infamous and then there was another, oh, Assassin's Creed, Black Flag. Once I got, once I bit into that, that was like the poison apple. That just, I was all over that game. I like it. I liked um, Killzone. I still have it. I won't get rid of it. I really like that multiplayer. Yeah. So I'll eventually go back to it. I'm getting into, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a, a first person shooter coming on. I've been doing a lot of platforming stuff lately. And like puzzlers and such that I I want to do some first person. What's up? Well, that that goes into my thing then, because uh, <clears throat> with me trading in games, I generally just uh, sell them off to friends. Uh, See, that's what I would like to or, do, or, or, or trade. Yeah, um, that that's the easiest thing to me. Because uh, I did I I worked for GameStop for eight years. I worked for GameStop for, for GameStop for eight minutes once. I worked for GameStop for <laughs> the five years. Uh-huh. I really was there only eight minutes. I, really? I, I got I, there was a time when I was out of work and I was struggling. Like I could not find work for like a year and a half mm. and I was making more on unemployment than I would have at GameStop. Wow. So I got in, I got the interview, they gave me the job, I put in a login and I was like, how much money am I going to be making? And they told me and I was like, well, Thanks a lot, but it's just not going to work out. I worked at a puppy place for an afternoon, and they told me to go on my break, and I got in my car, and I drove home, and I never went back. But, uh, okay. Uh, I'll <laughs> save that story. I have a story similar to that. But right. anyway, so I, so I worked there for them for quite a while. And with buying used games, if, if it's a studio I want to support, I will buy that game new. If it's something that someone that's going to make a crappy game no. that that I just want to see like a part of then I'll buy it used from GameStop play it for a couple of days and bring it back and get my money back cuz you have 7 days That's 7 days yeah that 7 days is I sweet. have taken advantage of that so many times so it's like I'm the loophole Yeah I'm just effing GameStop I always said I was going to try that and I've just never Oh it's the best thing because it. we have so many GameStops around here and you can go to one return to another and not look like a douchebag even though you are <laughs> So Yeah Thank you GameStop Beautiful mm. All right um, so we'll go with one more question and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Uh Andy Breeden, who is uh Oh, I'm gonna get it right this time. 
He's at historic me on Twitter. Much better. Yes. He goes, now that Titanfall is out and the uh for the 360, do you think sales of Xbox One will slow? Rob. No, I, I think once the Xbox bundles are gone, then Xbox sales will will slow. Xbox One sales. I don't think the, the 360 version being out is, is going to stop people from buying the bundles. Um, I just think that people that have been waiting for it anyway and aren't going to upgrade anyway, right? they'll just have their fun with it. Mm-hmm. I, I know Bobby's getting it. He's getting what? Xbox One? No, no, Titanfall for the 360. Oh, yeah. He said that tonight. Yeah. I think after the Titanfall bundles are gone, we're going to see a price cut. Do you really? Really? Yeah. They're, they're, oh, that, uh, I think at E3 they're going to announce people, one maybe? That, that will piss Probably. off so many people. Yeah, it will. It's already pissing off. It's already pissing me off that you could buy right now. I, I, I think they still have this at Target. You could walk in and get a Titanfall bundle with a year of Xbox Live no. for oh, yeah, $450. Yep. yep, that's true. They're giving away yeah. a free year. And if it it was at 450 for a while, and I, I think some places are now bumping it back up to 500 but you're still getting the game and in a year of Xbox Live, it's $120. It's, yep. Yeah. But there's Microsoft is was like sneakily. We don't know if it was Microsoft or not, but some places were selling the Titanfall bundle for four hundred or the consoles themselves for four hundred. But like you wouldn't see the price till it got in the cart. Mm-hmm. I think it, Microsoft is testing the waters right now to be like they're not moving at five hundred. Let's see what happens at four fifty. No. And at four fifty, that's a good that's a good deal. You're getting the system. And I think the there's game. some like under the table stuff. Like oh, definitely, like, they're definitely hey, telling the retailers target. to try it that's out. My... Yeah, they're, you they're, know they're testing the waters. If there is not a price drop at E3, I'll be I'll be shocked. I'll be surprised if there isn't one. Well, by the time the Titanfall bundles actually run out, we're going to be right around the quarter from E3 anyway. So I can no. see at E3 them dropping the price fifty dollars for sure. People keep wanting to see the Connectless version, but they're not going to do that for a little while yet. That would drop. That would help drop the price. Just yeah, like, that that would drop it lower than four fifty. It's just mm. like that's my barrier from getting a Wii U right now is you know, the gamepad is like not really used correctly in any game, and I really have no use for one. Right. I'd rather just use a regular controller. If they were to drop the gamepad from the Wii U and drop the price, adjust uh, accordingly, yeah, the Wii U would start selling like crazy. It's true. So that's that. You like, can't even buy a secondary uh, tablet it, controller no. yet. So if you think about it, it's crazy. I know there's there's no game that takes advantage of it. And we're jumping over to the Wii U for a second, but it's a good point to make is um, you can't do anything with that, with the game pad. That's going to give you any type of advantage over everybody else because you can't have more than one per system. So it's like developers can't really use it in ways to make it super interesting because then if you are why it's unfair for everyone else that doesn't get to use it. And so it's got to be disappointing to always to have one person and then having to like trade the tablet controller. I would love to see the fights that must go on in some households. Oh, kids and shit. Oh my god, that must have caused havoc. <laughs> but to answer, uh, now you're both not gonna play. Yeah. Going back to the original question, I think that uh, we'll see a boost, obviously in. Titan, I think Titanfall sales because of the 360 version. Yeah. But I see a price cut, uh, a price drop coming for the one sometime soon. Yeah. And um, ever since they they announced Titanfall, I mean Xbox Ones have sold more. They still got a little ways to go before they're you know catching up to the PS4. But with that price drop coming, it, it, it they'll continue to sell. It's like this is this is a marathon, not a sprint. So by the time all is said and done, I expect these two consoles uh, at the end of the life cycle to be 
within shouting distance of each, uh, shouting distance of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that we can definitely expect a price drop. Uh, I mean, usually the price drops don't happen, or used to, they used to not happen no, they, for quite some time. That's why I went out and bought one on day one. It's like, well, when Titanfall comes out, they're not going to discount it, and I really want to play Titanfall. Yeah. Lo and behold, they not only discounted it, they're like, here's a year of Xbox Live Could you Live have waited? Yes, I could. If I had known that there was it, that the drop was coming, I could have waited no problem. I didn't need to play Rise, and I played two hours of Dead Rising 3. I played some Peggle because my son likes to watch. Wow. So I am, like, I'm pissed, but that, I mean, that's that's the problem with being an early adopter. Yeah. You, like, next next time around, I won't make the same mistake again. We'll save it for another show, but I'm very curious as to why you only lasted two hours in Dead Rising 3, because I didn't, I didn't last five minutes in Dead Rising 2. So... Uh, but we'll save we'll that. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll save that for another time. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to do it for the Talking Games podcast this week. Uh, if you guys would like to get in touch with us, we are at Talking underscore Games on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Dead underscore Anchorus, Rob. I'm at Dusk1020. Justin. I'm at Joroke, J-O-R-O-A-K. Word up. If you guys want to get in touch, don't laugh at me. That's what I say. Word up. Word up. What up? Uh, you guys want to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Um, you want to hear an incredible comics podcast, go check out the Talking Comics podcast uh, this past week. Uh, myself, Bobby, and uh, Mr. Bob Ryer, and we had, uh, as a guest, Mara Wood was on the show this week, and we reviewed uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, the new film from Marvel. Which is really good. Go see it, please. Yes, is very, very, very good. Uh, and we've got other things. We've got a lot of podcasts going on. we got the Talking Movies podcast, which uh, they just did The Last Temptation of Christ. Interesting choice. I've never seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, and that is, they are at, um, was it Movies? Movies, movies Talking. talking. Movies at movies talking on Twitter. It looks like movies stalking, but we couldn't get the other name, so that's that. And then you have the Misfits podcast, which is M I S S F I T S, and they are at the underscore Misfits on Twitter. Uh, that is Miss Stephanie Cook with Marwood and Melissa Megan, uh, all female cast, talking about all things geek related uh, on their podcast. They just recently did a Miyazaki. Uh, focused issue of their podcast and their next one will be focusing on writer and creator Joe Hill. So that should be pretty awesome. Uh, Again, you can find us on iTunes, Talking Games, uh, subscribe. You'll get the podcast every week. You know, interact with us, send us tweets. Uh, Like I said, if you want to interact with us long form for right now, you can go to uh, Talking Comic Books uh, Facebook page and just, you know, Mention Talking Games in your comment, and we'll see it, and we'll uh, bring it on the show and read your stuff. You should see our gamer tags around there, too, because... Yeah, yeah, that's another any, thing. If anyone wants to play some FIFA, just just look for my... Yeah, we're going to... I think uh, if you go into the, the Talking Comic Books website and you go to the About section, um, our gamer cards are there, but uh, I think what I'm going to do from now on is in the posts, I'm going to start posting them at the bottom mm-hmm. so you guys will be able to, to get in contact with us and send us friend requests and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, make sure Wednesday nights, uh, and now with Xbox One, we archived it tonight. We played a little bit of Killer Instinct on the Xbox One. You guys can check that out on our Twitch channel. Uh, it's Talking Games on Twitch. And, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, did I pimp everything? I think you did. I think I did, too. 
All right. So uh, for uh, myself, Rob, and Justin, uh, thanks for listening. And we're sorry, but your princess is in another castle. Oh, my God.